I swear. Wrestling podcast. This week's episode of Pro Wrestling. No, I've done it wrong. Killed my own game. Live kids. <laughs> No, we're going now. We're live. This week's episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Pillar, P-I-L-L-A-R, the first ever wrestling t-shirt of professional wrestler Andy Boy Simmons because he is one of the pillars, the four pillars of British professional wrestling and the t-shirt that's causing such a stir that it's upsetting about three or four real life pro wrestlers, (laughs) which is hilarious. So um, there you go. Thanks for that. You're welcome. It's not an official sponsor, by the way. It so is. It sponsors. 50, it sponsors me. It sponsors fifty percent of his podcast. <laughs> um, thanks for that. That's okay. Cool. No, I just thought so the response to it was in, hilarious. Just in case you were, just in case you were wondering, you are listening to the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast, um, and uh, yeah, I guess our first sponsor's on board. Yeah. What's the What's the uh, fee for that little readout? Well, I'm, I don't know. If, I don't know what the commission is actually on per T-shirt that I get. Well, it must be like a, a flat fee for just a, a readout if you want to sponsor the podcast. Because obviously, if you do want to sponsor the podcast, we're we're available. We are, yeah, real sponsors. We're only sponsor Very products welcome. that we we like, though. Yeah. So, so if you come in with a PG tips, oh yeah, yeah, they could sponsor us. Yeah, I, I think any reputable tea brand <laughs> could sponsor us. Yeah, okay. Not, not yeah, all right, fair that. enough. Yeah, I don't want to cut anyone out, do we? I was going to say WWE's Mattel action figure line. They could sponsor us if they so wish. Yeah. Yeah. Rev Pro could sponsor us. They've got a few quid. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, another episode of the A-Squared's Circle Wrestling Podcast. What have you been up to? Andrew. Uh, I just had lunch with LT Summers again. He's on uh, a comeback trail. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, so he'll be at training tonight. Oh, another one of our sponsors could be the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. For further information on the best professional wrestling wrestling school in the country, visit PortsmouthWrestling.com. We could also tap up LT Summers for the Astoria nightclub. Oh, yeah, okay. And we'll, yeah, we'll give him some. Good, we'll give him half. We'll give him a good shout out now. And if you're out in Portsmouth or anywhere on the south coast, the best nightclub, the best nightlife is the Astoria nightclub down Guildhall Walk. So see what that does for your business, mate. And when it triples it, come talk to us. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So anything else? Um. <clears throat> uh. No. Not really. That's the spirit. Have you? Have you got anything to talk about? Oh, I've, we've had a nice. Nice, uh, nice weekend. Oh, I, I watched um, Anthony Joshua boxing match on oh, yeah. uh, Saturday. Okay. I just thought I should talk about it for some reason. Who just, would uh, get your money's worth? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Let's talk about it, blow for blow. Mm. Um, and uh, who won? Joshua. Did he? Okay. Yeah. So what's really interesting about that though um, is um, he is. I paid twenty pounds. Or maybe £21. I paid next for £1 to watch it in HD as well. Okay. Was I that sat Sky on my own on a Saturday night, lonely. Okay. Um, Sky? Sky, yeah. Okay. Well, on, I use Virgin Media. Yeah, okay. So I've got Virgin Media, mm-hmm. which means I can watch free sports in HD. Oh. So that's pretty mm. relevant. So We'll have to talk about that as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Anthony Joshua fight, and he was, he was boxing Povetkin. I, I, I had to look up his name. I couldn't remember it. Yeah. And uh, I paid £20 or £21, one pound extra for HD, 
to watch one boxing match. I had no, I didn't watch any of the undercards. I watched X Factor. So what time? What time did the pay per view go live? Uh, so the pay per view went live at six pm. Okay. But the Joshua fight went to the ring about half past ten. Right. So it was well past my bedtime as well. But it was mm. a Saturday night, so I was like, <laughs> Do it. Did you get uh, Domino's in? No, I didn't. No. 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 Um, but I was, yeah, good time was had by myself. Cool. My dog doesn't even sit with me anymore at night. Really? He goes up He goes with up the baby, with the baby yeah. and the, the wife, yeah. Okay. Protects them. Oh, my mum My mum was a big fan of you. She thought you were hilarious because she saw you for the first time in a long time on Sunday. You often forget how funny I am, don't <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah, how could I forget? And she's told about 10 people, I think, in the shop this week, your story about, oh, I think he likes me now, <laughs> regarding <laughs> yes. your son. It's true. Yeah, she loved that gag. Yeah. yeah. It's true though. Yeah, he, does. he thinks I'm brilliant now. Yeah, well, I, I went through a phase with Poppy where she wouldn't, she wouldn't like. Well, she would, but like it would be a whinge if I'll go to Daddy for a minute. But now she's quite happy to come to Daddy now. So yeah. I like the reach. Yeah, you know when yeah. they reach for you, they like lean, nice. don't yeah. they? And like you topple over, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, that is nice. Um, so uh, yeah, I watched that for twenty quid. Yeah, and uh, it was. But to be fair, it was interesting because I was, I was suckered into that purely because I now listen to talk sport when I drive my car Yeah, I never used to be confident enough to listen to people talking when I drove I used to have to listen to music okay. to kind of take my mind off because I was you know so scared about driving really? oh. yeah I was just like music calms yeah. me and I used to like for, for those uh, that time I was learning how to drive and the first few months of being able to drive I liked being able to comment about relevant tracks in the charts for once do you uh, do you know what the first song I ever played in my car when I got a car with a CD player no it wasn't. it's all about the game and oh really the first song I played I was like that's going to be well good I can't wait <laughs> to drive, play that and then was that when you crashed Corsa no, no so <laughs> I passed my test on a, on a on a Saturday and then on the Sunday my brother we had we shared a car while I was learning he crashed it on the Sunday so I, know, I didn't even get to drive it oh wow so then I just went up the road and brought a on a car on finance. Just, did she do? Oh, so she just went, just went on the road. Just popped down ten <laughs> k. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it was um, it was a, a, a brand new Corsa though, on finance, maybe yeah. one hundred and sixty four pound a month or something. Which um, it's good cars courses. They are good. Yeah, it was a red one. So I was like, right, get my WFCD case out. I got with an Easter egg. The my previous year, got a CD player. So no, just have to well, my wife's got a new car and she hasn't got a CD player in it either, and she doesn't have the capability of learning how Bluetooth works. <laughs> So just she press d- connect. Well, yeah. So, Search, um, device, But she, I don't think she's got any music on her phone either. She needs to get Apple Music. Yeah. Or there are other music, you know, Apple won't play it paying us nothing. So yeah. you know, there are other music Anyone. services out there. YouTube. Amazon. Spotify. You know, you can pay for YouTube premium. This is a gimmick as well. We'll get back to this Anthony Joshua fight in a second. But do you we can pay to? for You know, because we do, because I think it's a bit, a bit relevant to professional wrestling. Okay. Right? But... um. You can pay for YouTube premium, or you get YouTube premium. Yeah. You get YouTube premium, which uh, you can get a free 30-day trial, and then it costs money. Mm-hmm. But then I saw reports that anyone who got the free 30-day trial and then cancelled their membership, then just get caned by ads. So like, it's almost like, worse, really. Yeah, it's almost like the ads double for them. So, so YouTube. So YouTube Premium, there's no none of those annoying no, ads. No adverts. You pay a subscription fee. There's no adverts, and also the stuff continues playing once you. So you know, like on the oh, phone. Does it really? like, yeah, on the phone at the moment. If you close the app, yeah, the, yeah. the music stops. How much is that a month? I might be interested. I don't know. Again, they don't sponsor me, so I, I'm not going to do the research to let you know exactly. Well, how do you know much what I've been listening to? to what? I don't know if I said this last week or even the week before that Rapongi 3K song. That's been in my headphones nearly every workout I've done this week. Go on. 
Rapungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Go on. Rapungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rapungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rocky Show and Yo to save the day. Smashed it. It's not that bad. Mm. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, big shout out to Rapungi 3K. Yeah, give that a listen. Um, so, yeah, it was Joshua Fight. Right? Okay. So, 20 quid paid. One of the coolest things. If was you mentioned that you paid 20 quid for it one more time. Okay, I didn't pay 20 quid, I paid 21 quid. Okay, all right? carry on. So, this uh, Michael Buffer. Yep. Remember him from WCW days? Yeah. And I often loved Michael Buffer in WCW purely because I like his, uh, you know, his introductions mm-hmm. of wrestlers. Like, they're all very unique. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't remember off the top so of So, you wouldn't just say the name, would you go? The, the Hulk Hogan, the icon of wrestling, the Hollywood superstar. Yes. Yeah, is that what you mean? That, yes. Those bits, yeah. Oh, okay. he'd, be, he'd be like, this man has the most chiseled physique in yeah. the whole of pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Know? And, uh, yeah, sometimes every now and again, when I was, you know, an avid, you know, I, I went through the network and was watching the old Nitros, and I'd often tweet, a Michael Buffer, you know, introduction, you know, who's he tweet, who's he, who's he announcing when yeah. he, when he says the guys, but you know, he's, some of his ring announcements are just charming. Um, I assume he was the announcer. Seth and uh, he was the announcer for this fight. So he, Michael Buffer was obviously the ring announcer and before the fight happened. So first of all, in wrestling, you could never get away with this, right? The, the fight before I'd finished by the time I tuned in, right? So we, I'd literally tuned in just for that fight, and um, say this is about ten o'clock when the the fight's supposed to start, um, which w- reminds me of another thing that started late. Um, I literally there's nothing going on, right? They're just talking about the fight, talking it up, and imagine having that massive downtime at a, a wrestling show. Do you know what I mean? What it's if you're like a, there live? If you're mean? there live, yeah, okay. yeah. Like I guess on the TV they cover it, with yeah. the, You know, with analysis, and there's only so many times you're like, oh, who's going to win? Oh, this guy. Mm. You know, oh, this guy's got the reach advantage. This guy's got the experience advantage, whatever. But like, there was a long old wait. Um, but then, just before the fight started, they boomed out across Wembley, "Sweet Caroline," right? Okay. And uh, Michael Buffer was essentially lip syncing slash singing slash dancing in the middle of the ring. <laughs> To Sweet for Caroline his, for his was it his benefit was it like a well, no I think it's a I think well it's an AJ trademark of his shows I think they sing that who who sorry Anthony Joshua oh AJ right. oh, okay. AJ Styles yeah okay <laughs> I was like who's he talking about I thought it went to if he said age or AJ okay um so uh yeah um but we'll give that a whirl shall we next show Sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. And he was like proper having it. Yeah. And that was like a real highlight for me. The fight itself was quite entertaining because Joshua got, I think he was like the big favourite going into the fight and he got rocked in the first uh, in the first round. Um, I still find MMA more exciting than boxing just because I don't like, it, it, to be honest, this fight wasn't as bad as, look at me, I'm sat here like a boxing <laughs> analyst. <laughs> I mean, this fight wasn't as bad as some of the fights I've seen where, you know, where they, you, you've seen boxing matches, right? Uh, a bit of Prince Nassim in 95 <laughs> yeah. probably, uh. yeah. Yeah. He was there. He was at the fight. Oh, watching really? It. Yeah. yeah. They're cool. like boxing royalty, Prince Nazim. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, they'd clinch. When 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 they clinch, they obviously get broken up. There wasn't too much of it in this fight. I've seen that a lot in boxing. Like I play MMA where it's like boom, you know. Yeah. Dirty boxing. Take them to the ground. Kick their heads in. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the fight. It was a bit. Dr- it was a bit of drama, and it's like a uh, Joshua. Like if this was a pro wrestling match. Joshua put the kid over. Okay. Before Beat him. hitting his finish. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like he, you know, he showed, he gave him a bit of hope. Mm-hmm. 
Gave the crowd a show. Yeah. And uh, and the dude, he's, you know, he's done well for it. He's elevated himself. And Joshua's still number one. Okay. So um, so that was good. But what I think is most interesting about it is this, this concept of his matchroom boxing and uh, and what they've been able to do and turning Joshua into... I know he's not like a worldwide star in terms of, um, you know, you know, in terms of like... A, in America, he's not like a... He's not Floyd Mayweather, is he? No, he's not. But he sold out Wembley Stadium. Arena. Stadium. stadium. Really? The stadium, yes, yeah? the stadium. Oh. And he sold out Wembley Stadium... Um, for his last fight and he's got another fight set for Wembley Stadium in March I think March or April yeah but like literally that's it they just book Wembley Stadium doesn't really matter who the opponent is and they've turned him into just this huge draw within the United Kingdom and he okay. just has this real is he the new Frank um, Bruno or was Frank yeah, Bruno a big he, name in the he, States he, well, I, well I think Frank Bruno was a big name in the States but, and I think that that was a, it was a diff, kind of different age for boxing but what I mean is like boxing's almost like a dying sport right but he's still got the ability on the right... It's not even the right fight, because Joshua versus Povetkin... Who, you know, who is Povetkin? Do you know mm. what I mean? But they, they, they built Joshua in, into such a, such a brand that it really means something, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that... Uh, yeah, I just think it's an excellent... You know... Uh, I always say we should learn from different fields. And I think we could learn a lot from boxing and what boxing's done. I mean, we can learn a lot from boxing about what not to do as well, because obviously they've devalued championship belts. But I think Joshua's only one belt away from unifying the heavyweight championships. Um, and I think that that's a lot a lot to it as well. And if he were to win that other heavyweight championship, um, I think that obviously he'd be a, an undisputed champion and boxing would have its first unified champion, I guess, or unified heavyweight champion since, I guess, like Lennox Lewis. Right. You know? I have no idea. So. Um, but anyway, point being... The only time I've seen Lennox Lewis uh, was uh, when he brought British Bulldog to the ring at SummerSlam. Uh, it doesn't That's surprise my me. Real point of reference doesn't surprise Lennox me. Lewis. But you know, when I was little, I used to listen to boxing on the radio. I remember that. Yeah. Listen, I used to get behind Lennox Lewis, Frank Bruno, Nigel <laughs> Benn yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Use your, shut your eyes and use your I imagination. Get, yeah, but I'd get excited listening to the commentary on the radio. Uh, yeah, I can imagine it translates like it well. A, and I remember the little little radio I had. It was like a, uh, it was actually an Avon radio, and it was like a uh, a bottle of Avon, uh, you know, like a body wash or something. Yeah, it looked yeah. like that. It's and like a gimmick radio. Turned was a it? gimmick radio, yeah. Oh, clever! Get out on Five Live, listen to yeah. the old. Uh, I think we had a Coke can like commentary. So those yeah. were good old days. Mm. So anyway, how can we replicate that? This is what we need to look into. Okay, you know, how are we going to set up Wembley Stadium? This big fight atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? <coughs> That's yeah. what I like. That's, uh, that would be the one. Even I guess WWE is still trying to figure out. Yeah, well, absolutely. They do it once a year for WrestleMania, don't they? But and well, I guess now they're doing it for the greatest Royal Rumble and the <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the crown, jewel, jewel. crown jewel and the. But it does it does amaze you if Anthony Joshua can sold out Wembley three but times? And, and the point is, or will be three times and in it, a year. And it's or just whatever. him as well. It's not like the undercards anything special. Like the undercards cack. Yeah. Like, I like to me, I'd look at it and be like, oh, this is such a you know, like when we spoke about the Vader Will Ospreay uh, show. Yeah. And I was like. Well, I feel like even though we'd sold out the, the building on Vader and Osprey, I felt it was very important to, you know, fill the build, like to fill the rest of the card with can't mismatch. I could put whatever I wanted on. It would have made no difference to the ticket sales. Yeah. But obviously we had, um, you know, we had uh, Ricochet and Pete Dunne. We had Chris Hero and Marty Skrull. You know, just a, a just a real solid top to bottom lineup. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, with the boxing shows, they don't, it's just, Whoever, Can you imagine fighting, whoever. About that though. Oh, listen, there's a boxing show a few weeks' time. 
oh yeah, I'll do that. Where's it? Goresbrook Leisure Centre. Yeah. Uh, Wembley Stadium. <laughs> God. Oh, God, yeah, I'll do that then. Yeah. Goresbrook Leisure. It doesn't even exist anymore, Goresbrook Leisure Is Centre. Is it not? No. Oh, I didn't know that. No. I thought we normally drive past it on the way to like Walthamstow or something. No. But you probably drive past Dagenham. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Goresbrook Leisure Centre is not a thing anymore. Just completely demolished it. Well, I don't know. Oh, okay. I just know it's not a thing anymore. Okay. So, um, the sacrifices I make for this podcast, by the way. Go on. The man's just come into empty our bins. Yeah. My bins there. Full, full. Full of Greg's, full up of Starbucks, Greg's. They're coffee cups. Just uh, Pepsi little. cans. One more thing. One more thing. I promise the last thing I mentioned. Oh, steak and cheese bake. There it wasn't a steak and cheese bake, actually. It was actually a baguette. That was it. Reading okay. has never been your strong point, has uh, it? No, it definitely says steak and cheese baguette. Uh, steak and cheese bake. It's a steak and cheese baguette. Whatever. Just says steak and cheese. So, come on. Right, let's get to it. Q&A. Um, so, uh, yeah, I also wanted to mention we did the, the kids' show as well, didn't we? That's yeah. That's where I saw your your mum. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just big shout Housing out to success. The, big shout out to the kids at junior school. Yeah. Well we done, did boys. The summer class. Mm-hmm. So, Very proud of them all. So, um, except for, no, I'm joking, they all did great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we're doing a Q&A session today because uh, it's, it was our most widely, there's just so much flirting going on in this room, isn't there? Too much. It's distracting. Yep. You can show us your phone all you want, Dan, but... Right. Um, so... Um, question one Q&A's because highest rated episode is Q&A yeah. last time so we've got a Q&A again now do you so think you dictate the topics because if everyone that sent in a question do you think they were like oh I've got to download and see if my question's answered it must be yeah only possible explanation yeah um, that will be just like a varied conversation so I've, I've, we just go pick at them randomly and then I'll uh, delete them as we as we answer them okay so um, we won't ask that one yet uh, <laughs> uh, let's start I'd like to start with one for you really okay um Oh, uh, maybe we can both answer this one. We've got, um, so this is by Ron De- Desvu. <laughs> Good try. Okay. Um, Hello, Ron. All right, Ron, mate. Ron Dog. Um, now you've lost it. Well done. So he would like to know, um, what are your thoughts on the dirt bike kid match with Sasuke? Um, match with Kramer. Kramer. Kramer, Carl Kramer. Yeah, I don't really know about his match with Carl Kramer. Oh, I do, yeah. Okay, and uh, the EWA show's in Wolverhampton. Okay, because I did a tweet yesterday saying, ask us anything about FWA, TWA, Carl Kramer. Oh, because Carl Kramer, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're probably asking <coughs> to ask about. Yeah, I'll have to talk won't... to my solicitor if yeah. I'm allowed to mention that one. And someone will have to ask the question. Yeah. You know, I'm just answering the question. Yeah. Um. So, what my thoughts on that? So... I'd heard, I'd never met Dirt Bike Kid. Should we put some context on Dirt Bike Kid? Well, I think I was about to. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was, I was going to say, I never met him, but I think he was a wrestler in sort of the early to mid-90s. Um, and he ran, I think he called it EWA, did it? And it was St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And he was like the first guy to fly in Sabu. Yeah, Rob so that Dam. wasn't... So his first show was... Uh, it wasn't... It was like Sabu's summer break or, or something. something. Yeah. And like, so... The shows were at Wolverhampton Assembly Halls, which is obviously a venue which I know very well. Yeah, um, that's right. And 
and I remember, so obviously, again, we just, we'd both just be fans at this time, I guess. Um, or you might have been... No, no, 98 this would have been. Oh, was it? Yeah. I did. See, my first memories of it are seeing... Well, 98 ad- was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre show. See, seeing adverts in Power Slam yeah. magazine. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting excited about seeing St. Valentine's Day Massacre and wanting to go to it. But I was there was no chance I'd be able to go in 1998 or whatever. No. Um, but, um, but I remember... I, did, I reckon that was his second or third show, so that wasn't the show... So he brought Sabu, so, Sabu, Sabu over one yeah, time. Yeah, one time. And then... Brought it then back again, I guess, with yeah, Van Damme. Yeah. And uh, some context on the dirt bike kid himself. He was like a wrestler, right? He trained in America. Yeah, um, that could be true. And uh, he uh, he used to wrestle in essentially pyjamas <laughs> <laughs> and kick pads. Uh, uh, yeah. He wore a dirt bike Mouth. outfit, yeah. right? A mask. Um, and he... So he wasn't around for long. But in the time he was around, he wrestled in Japan. Yeah. He wrestled for ECW. He ran his own EWA. Yeah. And actually, there was a story involving show. him him and Doc Dean at Croydon. Okay. Where I think he turned up with his championship belt and expected Doc Dean to put him over. Oh, really? And I think there was a discrepancy. Unfortunately, and I don't know the ins and outs of the Because story, he, was, he was the EWA, I think he was like the European champion. Yeah, um, yeah that's and right. The reason he that was, he'd anointed himself. He anointed himself, yeah. He didn't win any matches to become that champion. No. But, so, I guess... Well, l- let's put that further into context. That wasn't like, my gimmick is I'm the European champion as like a bit to be to to promote yourself and hype yourself up as a big heel. Do you know what I mean? The delusional I've got my own championship belt. He just decided one day I'm the champion oh, of Europe. I'm the champion of Europe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And and his uh so his um so, so he gave himself that championship and really is quite the businessman I think because he was able to use that championship to leverage himself a position Wrestling for that championship on ECW shows. Oh, I didn't know he wrestled. So, I knew so he wrestled ECW shows. So he was a so so basically he he had that relationship with Sabu and Rob Van Dam, bringing those guys over, and that got him into ECW. Um, and he was a job guy for ECW, and then later on, after, but he wasn't he, a regular, was he? No, but like after winning, but he had quite a few matches okay. for ECW. But he was a job guy to begin with. Yeah, and then he wound up. Um, he wound up fighting Mikey Whipwreck over that European Championship in ECW. In ECW, and I think he fought Sabu as well. Like so, he, f- so so yeah. Essentially, he created his own luck. Okay. He created a championship. He booked these guys. He managed to get himself blag himself into ECW, which then he managed to blag himself into Japan, which led us to which which led to the the Sasuke incident. So you can watch this on YouTube, and he got quite the kick in. And he got invited to go as part of the Masked Man tournament. Yeah, and right. I want to say probably 99. I don't know the year. But 98, yeah. 99. But it must have been because he was coming to it. Because like, he obviously did the Vincent Valentine's Day Massacre and he was coming to the end of his career. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to find some dates here on, ca- and, on Cage Match. And like, so the story goes, he was asked... Um, so this promotion, it was a masked tournament, right? Where the losers lost their masks. I don't think they necessarily lost their mask. I think it was just their rule mask men. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was a loser, loser. I don't uh, think okay. so. But either, but either way, it was a mask tournament, um, and the promotion made a mask for him, right? So it was like a dirt bike mask with the top bit and like a tail at the back. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And uh, so they made this mask for him, and he refused to wear it, basically. Oh, is that what and, it was? Yeah, and, uh, and then he agreed with the promotion that he'd wear it on his way to the ring... 
but then take it off okay. when he got in the ring. And obviously, when he took it off, he thought it was fine because he had the the dirt bike mask on, right? Yeah. So he was like essentially saying, like, even though I've been booked in a masked man tournament, yeah, I've still got a mask on, even though you've made a Go mask on. for me. And yeah, I guess that must be a sign of disrespect for well, Sasuke. I, I want to say, and I've only seen it one time, not for a long time, because Mark Sloan used to tell me about it before I ever saw it. And I think, I want to say, but anyone can sort of clarify this or tell me this is bollocks, but I think he threw the, that mask at the referee. Um, I don't know. I just I, he took it off. At, I know he definitely took it off at the start of the. Uh, okay, well I'm, I, I I remember that being part of the story, but that could be not factual. But I want to say Sloney said he threw the mask at the referee. Sasuke then just kicked the life it, out of him. It was the match was a so the match he actually dirt bike kid beat him up like did a lot of stuff to him. It was like the best match that dirt bike kid ever had. Right. Like. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not the best to talk about this part because I can't remember. Yes, look, my kid beat him up. Okay. Not, beat, not not shoot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, is is in a wrestling match. Okay, like he he was like he came on strong, and then the idea was Sasuke would come back and brutalize him at the finish. Yeah, right. But when I say brutalize him, just come back, boom, 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 with a series and whatever. But instead, what happened was he kicked the living out of him. Yeah. Um. So obviously, you see him crumple to the ground, mm-hmm. right? And he stomps on his. I think he gives him one of those kicks. To, oh, no, he gives him a couple of punts, I think, to the head, yeah. whatever. And then he quickly gets on a guillotine, right? And if you listen to it, you hear him go, rah! <laughs> as, he, <laughs> as he cranks on the guillotine. You hear who go, rah? Uh, Sasuke. S- no, no, don't like him. Oh, like, really? Get, like, oh, okay. It's almost like, a, almost like a yelp as he... Like, you see him crank it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and Sasuke and uh, Dirt Bike Kid obviously taps out to that, and then uh, he goes to shake his hand afterwards, and Sasuke like, no, right. storms off. Okay, so it's probably worth going out your way to watch. Yeah, just look it up on YouTube. Mm. Yeah, and the Carl Kramer incident, um, I believe, is also. Oh, on YouTube. I do know about this. Yeah, yeah. 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 So because it was for- foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, something along the lines of so it, cr- it was at Worthing, the Worthing Assembly Halls that John Freeman used to run, and the changing areas of the of the backstage bit, do you remember the changing rooms? There was there's four in a row. So John would have the first one, keep it locked all night, and then like there was just three more throughout that like down a corridor. But they weren't like particularly far from each other. And people would just every time I'd go there, they'd just be like, Oh, I'll go in here today. Like there's no sort of oh this is my one or this is one I even regularly get. It's like, oh, where's Johnny's what what change rooms Johnny in today? Or what change rooms Either two, three or four. Yeah, exactly. It didn't really <laughs> matter. But anyway, I think the story is he designated himself his own changing room down the end. He was on with Carl Kramer, went to do one of his dives to the outside off the top rope, and Carl Kramer literally essentially just sidestepped and he hit took a massive bump on his back on the unprotected floor and broke a bone in his back. And there, again, there is a video, and Dean Ayers would be the person to talk to because he was with uh, Dirt Bike, keep wanting to call him Dynamite Kid, not quite. I think same. that's why he wanted to be. Probably. Because I right. think his first wrestling character was Something Kid. I know, like. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Cole Kramer just literally sidestepped him. Dirt Bike took a massive bump on the floor, and uh, that was it. There's even footage of Dirt Bike Kid in A&E. Oh, really? Yeah, on this video. I've, I've seen it, not recently, probably last year or so. And Dean Ayers is the one interviewing him. And this is the kind of attitude of the guy. It was like, we, as British wrestlers, know wrestling in Worthing isn't WrestleMania. Do you know what I mean? Wrestling at, you know, Walthamstow Assembly Halls isn't WrestleMania. But we'd never, we never <laughs> disrespect where we, do you know what I mean? Like, we're not like, yeah. you know, like whether we're wrestling at Buckland Community Centre, where, but it's still a show and we still, you know, it's all equal importance. And anyway, on this video, you hear Dirtbike again, oh, just got a few 
you know, shitty little shows in England to do. Because obviously he knows he's done his backing. Yeah. Uh, he, he's more worried about everything else he's got coming up, which is fair enough. But the way he kind of disregards the British circuit, he was just one of those guys, just a big, I want to wrestle in America. I but wrestle in bearing Japan. in mind, the only reason he wrestled in America, Japan, was because he ran his own shows and booked himself as a champion, put himself as a main eventer. Right, through like, Sabu and Rob Van Dam, yeah. probably on good money. And they were just like, oh, we'll get you into ECW as a favour. Hmm. So, um, but if you look at, if you look at that uh, St. Valentine's Day massacre, and Phil Powers is my mate, but you, you, Phil Powers attempts a shooting star press on that show and lands, I don't want to say on the top of his head because it's not quite I that I remember bad, that, yeah, but yeah. But he, he, he doesn't quite make full rotation. I had that the HS. Yeah, so did I, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Go out your way to look for that show. It's just a that's what the whole show's on. Valentine's Day Massacre. The whole show's on YouTube. Yeah, so I remember. I actually watched it on YouTube um, prior to my first show. Uh, you can't really. What is the quality is terrible, but yeah. like, over time it's mental because that's like the same quality that we used to just watch on our VHS players and yeah. think it was decent quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, obviously, that little weasel Ross Gordon is like the commentator and like the roaming reporter. And, at the a, end and I swear, and you see Jody Fleisch at the end, right? Yeah, I think coming so, out, yeah. leaving yeah. like yeah. as a child. He just went to go. No, yeah. but he was, he was a wrestler. Oh, was he? He was like for Hamlock, yeah. But he, he just went to watch, right? Yeah, he just went to go watch, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I watch it. Yeah. Oh, but I, yeah, I watched it to just have a look at, to see if I could work out, scout out Wolfenstow before I obviously put my sh- first show on there. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I'm not in any means like, think it's funny what Carl Kramer did at all. You know, it's pretty pretty low, to be honest. They obviously turned but that that's the story. A, turned that into an angle in FWA a few years later, didn't they? Oh, also in Wolfenstow, I believe. Wolfen- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but no, I'm thinking Worthing. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, of course. But you know, still links. Yeah, links to links. So uh, there we go. Question number one done and dusted. Cool, I believe. Yeah, didn't know the man personally. I'd love to speak to him though because maybe we'll get him on. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing these days. Painter, decorator. Um, Right. Uh, Anyone will do. Okay. I just don't. I just. I just conscious. I don't want it to be like uh, the the pro hour. Do you know what I mean? Well, um, that wasn't, so let's get one out of the way. Uh, how much of a hand do NJPW have in how you book, utilise their stars? How much detail do you have to run by them on a show-to-show basis? Um, so, and I've, I've not put the question, I've not put the person who asked that down, I'm afraid, so, <laughs> sorry. But I'll answer your question for you anyway, mate. So, uh, so yeah, so... I think a lot of this is covered in the Strong Style of Old UK episode, and that was a, the show where New Japan had the most involvement with um, with booking a wrestling show, uh, with with the kind of booking that, that we do. So I suggest going to listen to that episode. It's a cheap shill, isn't it? Cheap plug for a previous episode. Um, and then, you know, aside from everything else, it's kind of, I guess it's all a show-to-show basis, and it it's all depends on who it is that I am trying, who, who it is I'm using, um, what it is I want them to do, you know, and and obviously if there's, um, you know, stuff, I, I will clear it with the office, I'll clear certain matches with the office, um, but I think they trust me now, we're used to working with one another, do you know what I mean? So like, they, they're not going to, they know that the guys I, I put them on, that their wrestlers on with are going to be safe, good workers, um, so there's less clearance in that respect, um, and, and by the main, I can, you know, book what, whatever I want, um, so it's not like a, it's not like New Japan dictates RevPro booking, and it's not like a, you know, obviously, if, if there's a storyline that they have going, like for example, I couldn't bring in the IWGP champion and have him lose. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it's it's 
Yeah, it's the same as anything. And I think I treat, I, and obviously I treat their guys with a, with a huge deal of respect because why wouldn't you, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, they're not coming over to lose to trainees. No. So, yeah. And like, but if, and if there is, if they, if they do lose, there's consequence for it. So, you know, like every, everything, everything makes sense, you know, overall. Um, okay. So that's it, really. Cool. If you're asking, do they book my championship? The answer's no. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's a, you know, I know that might be what you're getting at. Who knows? Um, right, next question. Uh, random question. Looks like Shawn Michaels is going to wrestle again. What do you make of wrestlers who come back, forward slash, carry on too long? Um, I'm always, I love nostalgia, and not in that like patronising way either. So like, Shawn Michaels was just like, a he's the the best ever, uh, you know, easily top three. So seeing him back in the ring is great. Uh, you, just, you just said he's the best ever, then easily top three. Make well, your mind up, mate. <laughs> easily top three. Okay, behind me. And <laughs> so anyway, uh, you sure he's not in, he's in the top five, right? You, you Doug, me, Johnny, Doug, Johnny, Jody, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like great. Do you know what I mean? Like, if he's so good at it, um, why, why would we? Why would anyone have a problem with it? You know, eight years he's been out of the ring, so he's he's been retired for eight years. It's just like, oh, I can get make get paid lots of money now. For doing one match, um, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I like I'm I I, I personally feel Shawn Michaels is what he's one of the guys who retired like whilst in their prime, right? Yeah, they like always uh, retired too early. Yeah, and there's been so many occasions throughout the years where like oh I wish you'd come back for yeah you know like you, you remember like the, the Daniel Bryan right. where they kind of set it up like he was coming back and then obviously they had they I guess I think so this is, seems like something that I'd do as well, right? I'd be like. Oh, we'll set up the angle with Sean and Daniel Bryan because yeah. we know he'll come back. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he won't be able to resist it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you, and like so, your your first obstacle is getting him to agree to do the angle. Mm -hmm. He agrees to do the angle, and then you're like, "There's no way he's going to get the reaction from this angle," and then not follow through with the match. But obviously, I think he was very set fast in. Yeah. This and is what and I incidentally, do. we can go by internet hearsay, and I assume it probably is locked in that he's coming back. There's, they've still not announced anything that, that he is no, we can see Saudi money though isn't it yeah but we can speculate they could they could spend that Saudi money on getting I don't know there's plenty of Saudi money to go around mate <laughs> is there yeah. oh, okay so uh, and there's that match of AJ Styles which obviously AJ hinted at oh, on his Twitter didn't he yeah, yeah yeah but he was just trying he's, he admitted himself he was just trying to goad Shawn Michaels out <laughs> of retirement yeah um, but then we could see another run from Shawn Michaels who knows yeah. who knows but yeah I personally don't begrudge anyone from like to me if you like I understand people's reasons for wanting to get out of wrestling, mm. and I understand you know you, you, there's like guys like Terry Funk who obviously retired famously loads and loads of times, even after saying forever, forever. <laughs> um, but no, he retired loads and came back, and that's kind of almost like the running gag, wasn't it? But like when you think about the 1997 retirement you saw on wrestling, oh no, uh, Beyond the Mat, yeah, um, or was it 99? It was 97, 97 yeah. yeah. Um, that, that retirement there was his second retirement. And he was like, this is really it. And then he was back six months later <laughs> yeah. as Chainsaw Shark. Yeah. Um, so, Joe, who want to see have one more match? Who? Ric Flair. Um, yeah. yeah. Just see Ric Flair wrestling Well, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I don't think it would be the same Ric Flair. Like, he's obviously had... No, but let Ric Flair do a six-man tag in Saudi Arabia or something, <laughs> you know? Um, so, 
I, yeah, I've got no problem with that. And what I like, I like, I actually like the way that um, they do in New Japan. You know, when the guys are kind of, I think one of the issues with guys hanging on too long is when they're main event guys. So it's like you might be past, well past your prime, but you're still wrestling in the main events. Much like you know, like the the old days of WCW or the dying days of WCW when you had like Hogan and Piper the first time they wrestled each other. It obviously popped a huge rating. There was no need to keep going back to no, stuff okay. like that, you mm-hmm. know. And you, and you remember the time WWE had a or WWF had like a youth movement going on. I remember when the Piper and Hogan had a cage match, and I remember Shawn Michaels on Raw referring it to re- referring it to his age in the cage. Yeah. Right. And uh, and I think that that's like an issue when you have the the guys who are you know I guess getting on who are main event in the card while underneath look at the guys who are on the underneath you know like your Eddie Guerrero's Dean Malenko's Chris Jericho's you know all of those guys fighting underneath you know obviously some of the most talented Mysterio Jr you know some of the most talented guys in the world and the undercards because it's funny because the undercards on WCW cards pay-per-views used to be great and the main events used to be rotten but then like there's a reverse on WWF shows Okay. You know, yeah. A lot of the undercard on the a lot of the undercard from the attitude era really wasn't very good. <laughs> no, like, if you go back and watch an episode of Raw, I think like one of the Raws was like main eventing. And again, I'm not speaking out of turn here. Both incredibly talented and six, far more successful than ever was. But I think one of the main events of Raw was like Dude Love versus Steve Blackman that ended in like a no contest or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was the main event of Raw. Like that was there. Like right, that's that's it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> but but both younger guys compared to probably what WCW was. Yeah. Um, and I and I was getting this. I like the way New Japan do it, and um, you know they have the legends who can still they can still go, but they're not main event guys. They're just you know they work for Young Lions. Um, so I'm looking at guys like you know Yuji Nagata, Nagata yeah. Kojima. But then when it comes to like a G1, they go in the G1 and they bust it out and have all their best matches. It's like whoa, this guy can still go. Yeah. You know, and many people, and because of their the way of doing that. For example, Tanahashi. Many people thought that Tanahashi was, you know, heading on that route you know, down the card, you know, before he starts doing the opening tags. Then Tanahashi out of nowhere has just had like one of the best years of his career, you know. Um, but that's, that's I guess that's a testament to New Japan's depth and the fact that, you know, he was able to take a bit of a backseat, recover from injuries, heal up, whilst you had, you know, Okada and Naito and those guys, you know, Omega, um, you know, Ishii, like carrying the, carrying the workload, you know, um, Suzuki, you know, those guys. Um and uh, and yeah, he's just come out of nowhere and just had that amazing year. And I think if you told people like two years ago that Tanahashi would be on the verge of main eventing next year's 2019 Tokyo Dome show in what's going to be the most anticipated match on the show, I think that people would be like, nah, no way. Yeah. You know? But um, hmm, cool. yeah, after a G1 he had. And that match with um, Okada last weekend. Fantastic match. Yeah. Fantastic match. Um, so there you go. That answers that one. Um, what would you consider the most successful Rev Pro show? What would you consider the most successful Rev Pro show, Andy? Um, Thinking about just from your from like an outside perspective. All right. And Revolution Rumble, two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, so basically, what was my favourite show? Well, he said, "What would you consider to be the most successful?" Well, the way I look at it would be business metrics. But if mm. I'm just looking at it as a wrestling fan, I guess just that Vader with Osprey, Kurt Angle, Zack Saber. Oh, that was. That was 
Yeah. That was very good, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, probably in terms of, yeah, that was great. Sabre and, and Angle, that was something mm. else. And bearing in mind... I don't think we've ever mentioned it on here before. No, that match, yeah. we, we will do. We'll we dedicate some time to that, yeah. I think. But that was like Angle had never... That was his first indie match, real indie match, right? Yeah. Because um, he'd wrestled Cody, I think, and... Uh, or had he not done that yet? No, I don't think he had. No? No. Okay. So, uh, but like he was like, at the time I think he was like, oh, I'm going to do a few. I'm going to do Cody, Rey Mysterio and this and then yeah. ICW, which I, I don't know who he worked there. Joe Hinton? Joe, I don't know. Um, but like, um, but yeah, this was the first time, you know, really indie appearance that he was doing um, and the first one to be announced as well. Yeah. Um, so that was a, that was a big deal. I remember the video um, going viral. Of him coming out to his WWE yeah, music, right. yeah. yeah, instantly like boom, thousands upon thousands of views. Yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it's that, and then uh, I think the most successful one was probably, uh, probably new from a business standpoint, New Orleans this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think like it was, uh, like it just it just did really well. You know, it was a, a real good, real good show, um, and uh, everyone everyone in attendance had a real good time, um, and I think that it opened a lot of eyeballs to a product. Um, and yeah, those US dollars translate into pounds, so yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, right, uh, Mark P, you said on a previous podcast you knew the York Hall crowd would turn on Curtis, but everyone else didn't agree. Was that purely as he was versus the product David Starr or something else? Um, so I think you probably could have predicted that as well, right? Oh, without any shadow of so a like, doubt. Yeah. So, so for me, like I even said to him going into it, I was like, "You're probably going to get booed." Well, I'd already given him the, you know, I said like, "This is going to, this will happen. It's not yeah. probably. This is going to yeah. happen." Um, but I think that anyone, so I think that it's nothing to do with like obviously David Starr wasn't an element to that, but I think that um, uh, the biggest part of it was the fact that you know if someone wins all the time, and they don't. Uh, they don't look... Don't deserve it. No. <laughs> I'm joking. They don't look like a... You know, so Curtis obviously doesn't have a, a frame of a, a of, of a, what we would view as a traditional professional wrestler, right? He's a skinny boy, yeah. right? And he's he's done a lot to put on size and he's working on that and he's fully aware of that. But I feel that the, the him, his journey to the Cruiserweight Championship, um, he should have been working harder at that time to be like right this is it now now i'm going like, to really show that credible, development yeah. and look credible as well as carrying the belt and doing the moves and and being able to back it up um and it wasn't and i think that was a big reality check for him when that happened in terms of like you know because it's almost like once he won that cruiserweight championship it's almost like there's your validation you don't need to get bigger that's it do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. and i think that because i got to the prize and i, and I think that what people what people enjoyed was that journey of him uh, you know from trainee from from being billed as uk's youngest pro wrestler to trainee to contender to you know to to the cruiserweight championship and seeing him start to hold his own against guys and start to get victories and they they were there with him for that moment where he won the championship um but then that growth needs to continue. And when people don't see that continued growth, but then just see you winning matches, they can start to resent you and turn on you and think like, oh, you're just a flavor of a month. So there's that combined with the fact that um, it's very easy. Like a lot of this journey was in front of 200 fans at the London cockpit on a month to month basis, which is great. Obviously it's a sellout crowd every single month at the cockpit. And those 200 fans have a greater understanding of, of our storylines and, and a real first for our product. And, and, and those 200 fans, I don't think they turned on Curtis. I think it was a fact that those 200 fans in a building of 1200 people 
their voices are hard to yeah, hear. It's, it's that 1,000 people who have come, you know, they've heard, you know, like, I don't know, Tanahashi's on the bill or yeah, someone like that. Whoever's like, on the, yeah. And, yeah. And, they're, and they're not prepared to buy into yeah. this kid because they've, not, kid? Seen, they've yeah. not seen his journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I predicted it would happen, um, but I also f- figured that, you know, some of those people at the cockpit would turn on him as well. Because again, once you've, once you've, completed the once you've got the journey people love someone struggling to get to the top but once you're there yeah you know, that's what <coughs> you, yeah you know yeah it's not it's you know, we're talking about a, you know a few years ago but when i was doing the butler thing the moment i'd won the tag team chat i'd had that moment it was of almost glory. over right? it was done yeah it was done yeah and i mean didn't the fwa dropped off a cliff almost immediately afterwards <laughs> but you know i think it was the gimmick was done you know and uh and i think that um something that i knew I knew that Curtis would be able to get the fans back, and I think he is getting the fans back, and he's taking it seriously. He's starting to put on size. He's and like, uh, and I knew he like everyone was saying to me, he should go heel, he should go heel. But like for me, he's why? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's still his story. If people choose to boo him, then that's at least that's he's fine. Getting, at least he's, he's getting, getting a, rea- reaction. a reaction. Yeah, but like, but I think for me, it's it's about it's still it's still his journey. It's a rites of passage for this young man, you yeah. know, like trying to find his way in the wrestling business, whether it being put on size, whether it being fight the people. It's going to be a great documentary in him, 10 years' you know? time. Oh, I hope so, yeah. 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 But okay. like, he's without a doubt the, one, of the, one of the most talented wrestlers on our roster, and certainly for someone his age, you've got him and Carl Fletcher, like, for young wrestlers are like... Yeah, just and, and and if you don't take him seriously, I can't remember exactly what the words were, but Zack Sabre Jr., Curtis was over the moon. Zack said something to Curtis last time he saw him. And he was just like, wow, can you believe Zach said that about me? And Zach hated him at first. Yeah. Because he's just nicking all his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Uh, who's the scariest wrestler you've just met? That's your mate, Joel. Oh, I'd Joel. like to say our mate, Joel, but he seems he seems very um, more, uh, he really wants to be your friend. Like he feels, I think he thinks you're easier than me. Yeah. Okay, so the scariest wrestler I've ever met, hands down, and this ties into another question, is Hardcore Holly. Probably the most intense, mean person I think I've ever met. So, um, yeah, if we tie that into another question from Mr. Jo- Josh Faulkner. Okay, we won't worry about my scariest wrestler. Well, I thought, I'd t- well, what's the point? Because this follows on, then we'll come back okay. to you. No, no problem. Okay, don't worry about it. Okay. Well, so, well, Josh I mean, Faulkner. You'll be like, I was really intimidated by the mummy one, the British bushwhacker. <laughs> <laughs> I, was really, I was really intimidated by uh, the, the legend of doom ones, the, ad- <laughs> the animal incarnation oh, yeah. portrayed by Ricky Knight. Mm, I can imagine that was intimidating. Yeah. So, go on, you tell that story quick. So I was, we haven't done it before. <laughs> so, I was at a show at uh, the Gorsbrook, Le- not the Gorsbrook Leisure Centre, South End Tennis and Leisure Centre in South End. Yep. Um, as a child, and uh, and it was as, I, I want to say it was the shows where Bushwhackers and Honky Tonk Man were supposed to be on the on the bill, and like Scott Conway had sent them home because they weren't they weren't drawing they weren't drawing, and like it, it's it's a, I guess it's a it's a grey it's a very grey area. Well, Scott has told me he'll come on the show, and as soon as yeah. we we get we get up to grips with how to do it, and make it sound good, yeah, we'll have him on, and he can tell all those yeah. stories. So it's a very grey area, but they got sent home. So whether whoever side you're on, they got sent home. I was still at that show, um, and they still put on a good show. And I had a great time at those shows anyway. So, um, but one of the wrestlers on the show was the Legend of Doom, aka Road Warrior Animal, aka played by <laughs> Rowdy Ricky Knight. Yep. Um, and uh, and I can't, you know, like I was I was like there. I was like probably. I don't know, what was I, 12, 13? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Around what that age, 86, and so I don't you, know. You about 14? Oh, maybe 14. Old enough to know better. Old enough to know better, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
I was like, I like fake, fake or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just it was. you, or was it just you? There was a, well, there was a few people doing it. But <laughs> I was just a, three of you. <laughs> no, so I there's mean, like 800 pe- people in this building. And no, you were going, I think fake, fake, fake. Well, maybe you're right. I don't know. You're no, there was a few people. people. I was like, no, I was a smart mark. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but I, but I didn't. I meant it with the best intentions. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't oh, like yeah. I was, it sounds like a lovely thing to show. Like. Poor Ricky Knight, probably feeling the pressure as it is, going, oh, I've got to go out there and pretend to be someone. <laughs> well, bro, he probably, and they paid to see he the probably was, was, wasn't He probably was, wasn't he? He probably yeah. was. Um, yeah, and anyway, he got he got in my ear and whispered something. He was like, oh, shut up. You know, like, seriously, shut up. Do you know what I mean? Like, really, like, <laughs> yeah. got in my ear, said something. Horrible. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and, but, like, I was there. I was just having a good time making noise. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So. Okay. In contrast, I went to a WAW show at the Chelmsford Ice arena uh, not ice arena you know the Chelmsford leisure center yeah um went to a waw show there and there was like maybe like 70 people there mm-hmm. i had a group of fans with me and uh we were go- like there was like maybe eight to ten of us there and we were like we were like there you know we used to travel to the fwa shows yeah and whatever together you know and uh and i remember we made so much noise um during the <laughs> you're just uh, Sorry, I don't understand. I, mean, I, mean, I, I don't even understand. That's how, the second time I've sneezed. You literally turned your deal down. Yeah, but right? that's the same but one. You literally, but then you turned it back up. But that's the same one sneeze. I turned down a minute ago, and then we you didn't. I didn't it, get it no, right because so. you turned it down too too late. Okay. But anyway, that, well, that's staying in there now. I'm not fine. editing that out. No, thank God. Bless me. Cool. Okay, sorry guys. Second week on the trot, I've done that. Um, so go on, carry on. So. Uh, you went to WAW. So, there was like 70 people there, maybe. And there was like, but it was like a 500 seat. Yeah, I wrestled there. I've wrestled like there. Yeah, it's brilliant. And, um, and afterwards, um, Julia came over to us, gave me a big, and I think she was probably managing, I don't know if she was managing Ricky. Maybe she, I don't know. Okay. But like, uh, she came over to us, gave us all a big hug, was like, oh, thank you so much for, because like, obviously we were making noise. Yeah, yeah. So, that was your apology I mean? almost. She was, she was on the other foot then. Yeah. So, but since that point, I've worked with the Knights countless times and I love them all to pieces. I think yeah. they're a great family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and th- and I think that they're they're an example of I just I just admire so much stuff they do. Like okay. I do. Like I, I watch I watch from afar, but you know, stuff like the shop they have, um, you know, the work it puts into doing that. The whole school thing, the they school, got the massive warehouse yeah. with a Russian school. And they in they it, do yeah. the kids' classes which are massive. They had Grant Holt at their rumble show the other day. <laughs> you know, like That's just big, yeah. like just rule for the community, you know. Yeah. So like I think, you know, I just I just I don't know, they're just honest, upstanding people, you know, and I just I really uh I really respect that. Yeah, um, me too. Definitely. So, uh, um, so yeah, we we got off to, we got off on the wrong foot. <laughs> I don't even think I've ever mentioned <laughs> that to him in person. I wonder if he forever. <laughs> that <laughs> little kid in Southend <laughs> still haunts him. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, so I was telling the story about Bob. George Faulkner would like to know about Bob Holly. Right. So, jo- so Joe asked scariest wrestler. I said Bob Holly, and then this ties into a story about Bob Holly that Josh Faulkner knows. Josh Faulkner is a wrestler on the British uh, the British circuit. Really good. Give he him a follow a, on Twitter. He looks a lot healthier in the posters when he's posing as a WWE. Oh, no, that is the WWE version of the <laughs> Patriot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so Josh said, oh, can we hear the Bob Holly story? So I will give you a taster because I really think this is probably a whole episode. So um, so I always forget this point, right? This is probably the most important point. This is hands down. You know this is a fact. Uh, everyone that knows me that this is a fact. I don't have a sense of smell. Correct. I don't think I've ever brought this up. Uh, I don't think I've ever brought this up. And just by pure coincidence, neither does my wife. So they have a smelly family, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So that means if 
you know, if uh, you know, if I'm burning the dinner, I've no idea. Or if okay. he stinks, he has no or idea. Or if I stink, right? So that ties into this story. So just keep that in mind when I tell this story, right? So when I had uh, it was Dale Russell Umaga, okay. So before the show, there was like ten of us there. Uh, you, you just tagging in and out like for hours. I reckon we were there at least two, three. I, I can't remember how many hours, but it was a lot. Just tag it in and out, and the guys are just watching. You've got all the all the WWE guys watching from the stands, waiting for someone to stuff something up or hurt themselves. And anyway, so I Do was. Do you think told they were like? Because I remember. Obviously no, we, no, no. I don't. Because we think did that. the IPW open tryouts once, and we all sat and watched, and were just like very obnoxious. Yeah. Well, I wasn't obnoxious. Well, I, I don't know if it was obnoxious or more just trying to be fun, having some fun with it rather than. Hey, come on, Nico yeah, Brixton. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so they're all there watching, and. Uh, I was told I needed to be back for such and such time uh, round round the ring. So while I'm talking to Umaga, he says to me, which is probably the most embarrassed, like the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, he said, "Keep in mind, I don't have a sense of smell." You've said that a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, but I just feel like this point needs to be reiterated. He said to me, "Can you go put some deodorant on, please?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god." And I couldn't sit there and go, well, I'm really sorry. Well, the thing is, I haven't got a sense of smell. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll go deal with that now. I hadn't noticed. Okay. So um, so anyway, I ran to the, ran to the toilets, uh, scrubbed myself, put on loads of deodorant, came back. And uh, when I got back to the, to the ringside area, Marga was stood with, sorry, sat with Hoko Holly and Arn Anderson. So I thought, well, I better go say hello to these two because I hadn't said hello to them yet. I said, oh, hi. Mr. Anderson. No, I said, oh, hi, I'm... A I couldn't quite say, but anyway, Arn Anderson went, hi, Andy, I'm Arn Anderson, which I kind of just want to go, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've watched you since I was a little boy. Uh, and then Harker Holly went to me, and I'm going to swear, because I'm going to quote it. He goes, go have a fucking shower, you fucking stink. Like that, right? In front of, like, all the boys. And <laughs> again, I just wanted the ground to swallow me I'm up. laughing, but I shouldn't be laughing. Oh, it was horrible. It was like, nice. Seriously. It wasn't, yeah. like, I mean, I'm, I'm not being like, oh, he bullied me. I'm just telling you what happened. Or, the, but I think that's... Again, I'm not speaking... I obviously wasn't there. and I'm not like... Um, but I think what is what is true about wrestling in general is that industry then, the locker rooms, were a lot harsher than they are now. Oh, gotcha. So the way he spoke to you then was probably the way he would have spoken to anyone without thinking about it. And the same way that many British locker rooms were just horrible to be around. I think it's only the last... Well, with the resurgence of British wrestling and... A, it's the like the ones who... The ones... The last lot who were got... Who would be... Who were being mean to. So people... You know, I don't know, like myself or like someone else. We're like, well, I'm not going to put someone else through that. Yeah. Rather than obviously the generation before, people being mean to them. And they were like, well, I'm going to carry this on. Yeah, so it's like ending the cycle. Yeah, it's almost like modern day parenting. Do you know what I mean? If you had a, a, if your parent beat you, you probably would beat your kid. But then your kid would finally snap out and say, well, I'm never going to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. So, yeah, ending the cycle, essentially. So, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't sitting there going, oh, alcohol is really mean to me. But um, that's not what you said to me. He was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, particularly intimidating, and he had those eyes of like, "I will kill you." And uh, I had to sit there and apologise again and say, oh, "I'm so sorry. I, I have. I've gone and dealt with it." And that was the end of it for the day. Like that was the end of it. But there is a big follow-on story. There's a big which part two. There's a huge part two. There, you know, we, there's a chapter. But I don't know if that's so, chapter one. Then there's chapter two, three, four, five, six. Probably. So this story yeah. is to be continued. To be continued. Yeah. And you've yeah. promised you're going to tell yeah, us. Yeah, I will do it. I will do it. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, next question. Uh, you guys have said before. This is Billy J. 
you guys have said before you were big fans of WWF growing up, but did either of you like or watch WCW on ITV, Channel 5, Bravo back in the day? Yes. All three. Tick all three boxes. <laughs> Obviously, we just loved wrestling. <laughs> um, we were predominantly WWF. Well, I was a predominantly was, WWF kid, but... I think I might have preferred WCW when I was real young. Okay. Um, because I, cause to me, being able to watch it on ITV was a huge deal. Okay. Um, so, I want to say... So, ITV used to show it in the night time, mm-hmm. right? Um, no, it wasn't ITV. It was on... Was it on Channel 4? Was it on a different nah, channel? it must have been ITV because I remember watching it. So, okay, so ITV, so so let me get, so ITV used to do, oh, ATV station used to have, um, it used to be on in the night. Okay. And then in the daytime, there was Pat Sharp. He used to host a show which had Batman and a couple of matches from uh, WCW. Do you remember that? No, no. So that happened for sure. And, and then after that, you got WCW Worldwide, which would air on a Saturday yeah. um, on ITV. Right. So, that, so okay, so this does marry up. So my grandparents lived in South London. So whenever I go stay with them, my grandpa was like a very sort of loose wrestling fan, like very, like he'd watch it because I liked it kind of thing. And I assume he probably had, he was aware of Mick McManus's of the world. And I remember he loved Ric Flair. And but I can't remember what the region. So down here we had Meridian, Carlton. Was that the ITV? Yeah, that was a Carlton. That was a so I want to say we watched that on a Saturday afternoon, and I can remember watching Ricky Steamboat and Shane Douglas beat the Hollywood Blondes or vice versa. And the way they revealed Ricky Steamboat as the partner was he took off a massive giant dragon head. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't big. It wasn't that big. But I remember just watching. I, yeah. I think that's how they revealed Ricky Steamboat was like. Maybe the substitute partner, maybe? That would have been 1993. Well, I know this definitely... So this would have been... I think this would have been before 93. This might um, have been 92 then. But I know this... So so here we go, look. So this... I know I, know I wasn't making it up. Yeah. Because it says, many years back, approximately 15 to 18 years ago... This was in 2008, so... <laughs> 25 <laughs> to 28 years ago, Pat Sharp presented a Saturday afternoon show which included 10 to 15 minutes clips of the previous week's WCW. This programme was also shown very uh, very late in evenings. This wasn't a weekly show... As I remember, as I seem to remember, though, would come on two or three times a month. I seem to recall it being weekly. Can anyone please help and let me know what the show was called? And no one's given the answer to that. What's that right? on? Like a Reddit? So that's or on a just a I just the answer bank. It's on. Okay. Because right? I, so, I have a good question. So, um, I and they used to show bits of Batman, and I can actually tell you just for reference purposes. Remember when Lex Luger was in a package and he attacked Sting? In a package. Oh, like a Christmas uh, like present. a Christmas, like a parcel. Oh, no, yeah, not specific. And he attacked Sting. That was a big angle. Okay, that was around the time right. when this used to. When Ron Simmons, I'm sure when Ron Simmons won. Which that was some of '92. Would it be when Ron Simmons won? The, I don't know, but anyway, they used to play it late at night, and then they used to show the highlights the next day on uh, on this Pat Sharp show. Okay, so that's where I first. I think that was my first exposure. But then you had WCW Worldwide, which used to ha- happen weekly on Saturdays, which I remember because we used to go to my aunt, Auntie Mavis's house. We used to watch it every week. Um, well, I used to watch it every week, but that used to be she had a swimming pool in her garden, right? So in the summer months, um, everyone would be playing in the garden, and I'd go in the tiny. It would be, it'd be like the dining room, but they had a tiny TV, and I can only imagine how small it was because it was smaller than my laptop is now. You know, it was like a tiny, tiny color TV. And I used to watch the WCW on that. And then I used to move to the living room for six o'clock. Well, was it five or six o'clock for maybe five o'clock for uh, superstars on 
on Sky, Sky One because she had Sky. Oh. Yeah, so okay. um, so I think that was early earlier in the day was the WCW, and then I'd watch uh, you know the WWF on the Sky okay. One. Um, and I think I because of the easier access to WCW at the time, I preferred WCW. But obviously, as time went on, as it got to well, I guess once that came off of ITV, it was all WWF, wasn't it? Yeah. So I have a question, which is slightly related, but not really, right? I swear blind, I went up to uh, Regent Street, where Hamleys is, right, with my grandparents. I swear blind, in 1992, there was a WWF shop out oh, opposite Hamleys, right? I'm not expecting you to know, but I cannot find any documentation of that, right? But I can remember, or the way I remember it as a kid, was looking at the WWF toys in Hamleys, looking out the window, and there's a WWF shop on Regent Street. Maybe it wasn't Regent Street. I was seven or eight years old. But I swear blind there was a WWF shop, which we went into. We didn't buy anything. I don't have great memories of it, but I'm sure someone could tell me. And now I think of it at the Hall of Fame con Martin last Goldsmith week. could have told Martin you. Martin Goldsmith. Probably his shop. Probably was, wasn't it? Like I don't know why that yeah. didn't occur to me, but if anyone has any information about it, or has even any vague memory of it, or proof it existed, somewhere in Dean, London... Dean, who works for Martin Goldsmith, says he listens to the podcast. Oh, okay. So, uh, oh, Dean, if you know, please ask Martin, yeah. and then please let me know, because it's I just like... Yeah, like, but I, I search for it, it up. He's a liar. every now and then. I, get, I just shop get the London. train to Regent Street and just <laughs> wander around the streets looking for it. Um, <laughs> I hope it's still so, there. So, um, yeah. and then th- just to follow up the question, like then I, of course, watched WCW on Bravo. That was amazing. Yeah, well, I, that's when I, we both went to London Arena, thought, right? Yeah, and I thought, I thought that WCW, I, I remember my dad getting angry because it was on a Thursday night on Bravo, right? Okay. I just got to go to school in the morning. Mm. Like, what's he doing staying up till midnight on a... I think it's a long... Like, Dad, I'm going to be a wrestling promoter. Yeah. Don't, Don't you know. school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, and I... So that was WCW on Bravo. Uh, Channel 5, obviously, was great at first, and then they murdered it with all the... I always Zing. joke about how... Um, yeah, about how, um, you know, our TV deal. I was like, well, everything we filmed was really good. So the only way I can imagine it being bad would be if they put... Kapows and <laughs> splats over the uh, over the moves. Yeah, so, like Batman. So, like like Batman, mm. which ties in with uh, the fact that WCW was initially on a program with Pat Sharp and Batman. Batman. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's Batman and Robin. It was. But there you go. Um, so um, wrestling tales. Oh, I should add a little plug for wrestling tales as well. So wrestling tales. This is a good question here. Um, wrestling tales are doing a spoken word show with David Starr in Bethnal Green. On Monday, so there you go. It's Fiverr, Fiverr. If you want to listen to him talk, so oh. it's in Bethnal Green. Wrestling Tales at Wrestling Tales. So I promised. As in T A L E S. T A L E S. Yeah, I promised. Uh, I think Joel, his name is. Thought I'd give it a little shout out. I was just flattered that he listened to the podcast. Oh, that's nice. Well, Hi, so Joel. Thanks, Joel. And he would. Uh, he's asked a few wrestlers have talent to shine. Uh, a few wrestlers have the talent to shine wherever they perform, whereas. Others excel at some promotions and not others. I'd love to hear your thoughts about times you got the most out of wrestlers, as well as regrets over talented wrestlers you wish you'd use, use differently. So, it's an interesting question. Um, I think that the time... I, I, I did see this question, I cheated, and I was thinking about, oh, who could I say? But then I kind of got sidetracked and didn't have an answer. <laughs> um, but the answer for the... Um, I think getting someone to excel, I'd say has to be... It ties in with you, Andy. It would be JC Thunder. Oh yeah, I think okay. Would be the would be the key. Um, he obviously wasn't. Um, he was by no means, uh, you know, the greatest wrestler in the world. He was solid. 
Um, but he he was just kind of like just a guy, wasn't he, with a personality, but a very likable personality. And I think I spotted that likable personality about him, and we were able to parlay that into a storyline where yeah. it's it started. But I I literally. Obviously, we we discussed where that my name is JC Thunder. This is my house. Came from like the empty brawl shows where they'd him and Jack Storm would walk up the stairs, thunderstorm, <laughs> saying, "This is my house. This is my house." And like, um, I'd I'd laid out this plan where he would come, and he was a funny guy, right? And every month he'd try out a different style of professional wrestling. So like one month he'd do, and he'd, he I don't even know where I get this stuff from, but I swear this is all from my mind when I used to drink alcohol. <laughs> Uh, he used to carry a backpack, right? Do you remember that? To the ring, yeah. Yeah, and inside yeah. the backpack yeah. would be whatever props he would need for his routine. So yes. he'd be like, so he'd first, first match he wrestled, he wrestled and lost. And he's like, you know, and he'd start, he'd start the first match he had. So this wasn't like something which was figured out later on, like, oh, he's on a losing streak. He said, the streak start. my name's JC Thunder, this is my house, and the streak starts here. He lost. Right. Then he'd come back. He's like, I was thinking the reason I lost last month was because I wasn't prepared for this. So this month I'm going to do hardcore style. Yeah. And then he'd lose a hardcore match. Like this month I'm going to do, I don't know, he did a, a like a lucha style. Mm. Yeah. Like every time, like every time it was like a different and like always would come up with something like for the next one, what we do, what we do, what we do. And uh, and he became a bit of a cult hero, a lovable buffoon doing this comedy routine. Um, and uh he caught the eye of yourself and your mates. Hmm. But a group of bullies. Didn't like him, did we? Didn't like him. So you bullied him. So you actually bullied him. And like the people had grown to love him by this point, And they really didn't like your bullying. And some of the bullying was kind of uncomfortable, wasn't it? I remember when you tipped a dustbin can over his head. But it was like a shoot dustbin can, wasn't it? So it was like banana peels. And <laughs> <laughs> I did that to Ian Logan once. There was like a half half drunk can of Coke in it. So and he went you <laughs> So you got previous as well. Yeah. So... um. Um, <laughs> so I just got the vision of that in my head now. Um, so yeah, and then ultimately we saw we did the story of him rising up to you horrible bullies and and standing up and winning the match and and whatever. So I and like, but that was like you know maybe two three years of uh, of story. Yeah, and um and it was all and I, I say that because yeah. you know you were like so you were like so you were involved for maybe a year of it but like there was the whole groundwork was being laid a long time yeah, before yeah, yeah, you yeah, even yeah. got yeah. involved that was 2007 so, um, yeah okay yeah oh yeah I get that so you know like it was a long it was a long well thought out story and I think it definitely got the best of it out of JC it definitely um, you know played to his strengths massively um, and then we did the the big championship match with big smoke and mirrors match at the end where we put every trick in the book in you know, yeah. like you know like I remember we nicked that do you remember we nicked that referee spot that I uh Got from oh, Portugal, from but it was real good, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried to get Chris Roberts to replicate it once, and he just couldn't do it. He didn't get well, he didn't want to do it. No, it just didn't work. Like oh, it's just like the time. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it was like you have to be fully on board. Like it was just yeah, a great yeah. spot, wasn't uh -huh. it? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that was just. I just think that just that was a the, the big example of you know where mm. where stuff went well. Um, in terms of looking back at regrets at guys I didn't really use properly, I don't really know. You, think no, you can't really know, really cut upsetting someone, can you? But I mean, we can talk about the fact that although it doesn't didn't make one ounce of difference, we mentioned on here that time you could have had Dean Ambrose. 
<laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you could have had him. Yeah, but, but I think you, I think he's asking people I've used and no, not no, utilized I know, properly. But, like, but yeah, I could have had Dean Ambrose. Yeah, yeah, and that was a kind of regret. And it wasn't until and that's a funny story as well because I hadn't even bothered watching anything of Dean Ambrose until he was uh, John Moxley at the time and yeah. like Terry Martin and Shaw were like putting him over to me as just a cool guy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like I saw a promo of him. I was like, oh, God, I want to use this guy. And I swear that was when he'd got signed. Right. So it's like, it's too late. He's been signed, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, he was Hayden Vanson's tag team partner in Puerto Rico. They were called the British Militia. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I remember Hayden went there. And um, yeah, he didn't like him very much. But oh, really? Mm. So I, so I, um, so when I was, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. idea I heard, Hayden Vanson was in WWE. Yeah, do you not know that? No, I didn't know oh, that. I, no. that. Yeah, I yeah. just uh, it just came up on something to wrestle with yeah. recently. Okay. So there you go. Okay, so next question. Um let's have uh Progress Matt. Have you ever thought about doing a live special on a platform like Fight T V or PPV? No, I Maybe haven't. Maybe one big show a year that sends people to go find the rest at no. RPW on demand uh. or main event megastars on demand. Can you let me do my joke, please? I only got really won one ticketed show a year, so no, I haven't considered doing that. Have you? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, not on, like so. I, I think I'm going to try and go live for my future shows. Yeah. I think we go live at London Cockpit. What again? Yeah. I think we try and go live at Global Wars as well. Oh really? That's yeah. a big announcement. I do, like. Well, we'll give it a go. Yeah. See what happens. So one day at a time. Um, but not on Fight TV because uh, like I wouldn't mind doing it on Fight TV, but I feel there's a lot of pressure working with people you don't know, isn't there? Yeah. Fight TV. If Fight TV came to me with a good offer, then uh, not just a revenue split. If they came up to me with an offer, then I think I'd definitely be interested in in entertaining said offer mm. um, about um, them hosting the show. And I'm going to need um, more money as well if they go. So well, we're going to have to yeah. we're going to have to wait and see. You know, I'm sure they're listening. Yeah. I'm sure SoCal SoCal Val can put in a a, a word. But, you know, if the offer's there, we're interested. Um, other than that, I think we might... And, you know, there might be benefits with doing it on Fight TV. That there's, there's not on doing it on my own service in terms of, you know, I'm sure they have a big reach. But um, I'll let them do that sales pitch on me if they decide to contact me. Um, but what I will say is uh, we'll probably just do it via rpwondemand.com as we've done for the previous times we've gone live. Um, with Global Wars being a bit of a smaller capacity this time, um, I feel that it might be a good idea to... Try and go live, see what happens. Okay. Probably be a disaster, and everyone will be like, We want refunds. It was like, You've paid for on demand service, not for the live show. You've still got the on, still got the catalogue. You still watch it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's my big fear about going live. But I think once you've done it. Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit uh, like surely everyone's discussed this that uh, when the network launched, they did an NXT special first before yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah. And I'm so. not suggesting I'm doing WrestleMania, but. No. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, no, that's right. I'll give it to him. Thanks. <laughs> Here you go, Zoe. Can you pass that to... Uh, Why are you doing this live on air? Because I just wanted to give it to him soon. Okay, so... Uh, with the end of the year drawing closer, looking forward to next year, who do you think are going to be the breakout stars in Rev Pro? You can answer that. You've you've watched some wrestling, haven't you? Ishii Suzuki, and you've uh, got some. Uh, you've got some. Dirty Dave. Uh, okay. The Pitbull, crazy Pitbull. Cool. Do you want to? 
I kind of say that facetiously, not to be mean to the lads. I love <laughs> them both. Like, um, who do I think are going to be the big next breakout stars of Rev Pro? Do you know who I do love? Seriously, who I love? Uh, James Castle, Dan Head as a tag team. Finally, Dan Head has found his place in professional wrestling as a as a thug character wearing a balaclava and Jamie coming out with a gas mask. I think, never did I think in a million years that would work. And it has. Yeah, I think well, at least from what I've seen of it, it's worked. So far, so good. I think they're a good team. Hmm. Good little team. Yeah. Train together. Yeah, work together. They should fight be. Fight together. They should be every every training session. Working together. on their act. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. So, uh, that's um. Yeah, I think they're, they're good. I think uh, I think you know who I like. Go on. I think MK McKinnon. All right. Yeah. Now, the reason why I'm gonna give him a big shout out is because he's someone who obviously we knew him years ago, and. He's someone who, uh, I like his journey. So he was obviously like the flavour of the month, the internet flavour of the month for quite some time. And I guess he's... Uh, for more than a month. Flavour yeah. of the few months. F- flavour of a few months. Um, and uh, and I think that he uh, really was a... You know, everyone was talking about him. And he fell off the face of the earth, didn't he? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. After a real promising start, you know, he had great matches at Fight Club Pro against you know many of many of the imports they brought in, um, and he was at, like himself, Trent Seven, you know, before you know the likes of Travis Banks and Chris Brooks and, and those guys all kind of came into Fight Club Pro. He was a the real flag bearer for that promotion, wasn't he? And it would be him who was, you know, ha- making all the headlines. Um, and he came in. He worked Zack Saber Junior for us. At, uh, what was it at the time? Was it, oh, it was, Re- was Rev Pro, wasn't it at the time? Um, and he worked at Sabre Junior 2012-13 and uh, had some great matches and then he had the match with Marty Skull at the first York Hall show and it just wasn't very good was it? Like it was just uh, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't very good it just uh, it was. I think it was disappointing I think the fans had built it up to be something huge and it just let down the yeah. expectations I think if you watch a match back it was completely solid and like I thought that was a fight of the craziest thing as well people were like had negative reviews of it but when I watched it back it was actually really not that bad mm-hmm. at all yeah. in fact I quite enjoyed it um, but um, and I think that that kind of derailed him a little bit I and mean, he had a lot of injuries and then he kind of quietly retired he put on loads of weight um, and now he's lost loads of weight he's in better shape now than he was when he was wrestling which was before which was a big criticism of before he's essentially gone from boy to man so like got beard now. you know he, he looks more believable as a, as a wrestler Um and he's polished up a lot of his wrestling, and we watched him have that. And I, you know, I'm I'm speaking. I've watched him have two matches since he came back. You know, one was against. He sent me a match he had with Tyler Bate. But everyone has good matches with Tyler Bate. But that's kind of what made me think, like, oh, let's give him another another go. So we brought him in against Chris Ridgeway. They had a great match, um, and uh, he had a real good match against Josh Bowden, um, which you'll see uh, on Free Sports. Um, and uh, I think that um, I think it's going to be a big. He's got a big future. I think like this this year could be a big one for him. And likewise, Chris Ridgway as well. Okay, yeah, I like Chris Ridgway. Yeah, I think he's gonna. He needs. Uh, I think like he's still in the process of finding out who he is. But in the ring, you can't fault him. You know. Yeah, uh, I agree. He's kind of what everyone wants to be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That kind of shoot fighter, kick pad, no knee pad, black trunks wear. But yeah, but he oh, can put I've it always off. liked him. Yeah, but yeah. he can put it off. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. the point. Yeah, on. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, on the British independent circuit, he does that, from what I've seen, does that by far the yeah, best. He's had a fantastic series of matches with Curtis. Um, 
Yeah, had that great match with Martin Stone, some great matches with Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, I think he's yep. he's got like a, a lot of upward mobility, so I think that it could be a big year for, for him as well. Cool. So okay. That's probably a cue for see you later boys. <laughs> Been signed. Yeah. But um but yeah, I hope I hope it goes well for them both and I think it's gonna be big years for those. And, uh, and you know, that's not discounting there's loads of other people that we could uh, chat about all day. Uh Mr Simmons my question to you is uh, working in the FWA, how was it working your main gimmick as a butler uh, and working the non-main gimmick at the Academy shows? So, I don't know. Like, I, like if you look at the, the FWA guys at the time, all they really did was FWA. They didn't do any other shows. So, like, you had Justin Richards, for example, I don't know, Jack Xavier. You know, they didn't really work yeah, anywhere like Scott else. Parker, Scott like Parker, Paul Travel, Guy like Thunder. Yeah. You know, if we talk the only person who really did other shows was Alex. But and he Doug. Was, and but Doug, Alex didn't do yeah, a great deal. Doug, oh, Jody and Johnny as Jody well. and Johnny, right. Yeah. But I mean, Alex did his FWA act, but elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. But even then, not that regularly. No. No, like, the quite, you know, I think a few for Brian and uh, quite a few for Scott. Well, he used to go and do the... Uh, Scott Conway. He used to go and do the... Um, Alex used to go and do, like, the Midlands. Oh, he do, like, the Alex Shane tour, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, but but back when I started doing the Butler, I was wrestling for Scott Conway. Um, he was my first guy who ever gave me a chance outside of what Mark Sloan was promoting. So for me to be able to kind of drop in and out of doing the Butler, it wasn't. I was wrestling. I wrestled far more regularly as just Andy Simmons in a white t-shirt and white biker Hell shorts. Of a look that was. Well, yeah, <laughs> terrible. But I was a new wrestler. I didn't know. Um, so so it was actually sort of. I guess it was harder for me. Oh, it was easy for me to separate them. But what what we did always commit to was we'd wrestle once a month for Mark Sloan at the Buckland Community Centre. You'd call them FWA Academy shows. So they were like future, I think they were called Future Shock, which I thought was quite clever. Aftershock. And then Aftershock was like Series 2. So we were Series 1 of of the trainees was myself, James, Raj Ghosh. uh, I like that. It's almost like that Abby Lee Miller, Miller pyramid system that we spoke about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Neil Pyle, Dave Crispin, Ricky Webb. There you go. All of season one, or series one, sorry. I've got a shout out on our podcast. So anyway, we were the Future Shock series. And uh, and we were about three or four shows into that. And then was, that's when Alex Shane came to the training school and said, oh, well, I've got this trainee called... I didn't know he was a trainee at the time. I assumed he was some sort of seasoned veteran. <laughs> despite the fact, I, you know, really looking back, like, I had far more experience than he did. And uh, but anyway, that, that's n- not the point. Uh we we've got this guy at my training school. He looks more school. manly than you. Oh yeah, yeah. He was old, he was older than me. Yeah, uh, called the Duke of Danger, and we'd like you to be his butler. And I can remember Mark, uh, sorry Alex, taking me outside to give me this pitch, and Mark being there, kind of being my, you know, he didn't have any bad intention about it. it was like my, I'll listen in on this to see what this chats of if I think this is going to be a good idea, that kind of thing. And Alex gave me the pitch. And I said, yeah, cool, I'll do it because I understood if I didn't do it, someone else would do it. And uh, and what is funny is. They did offer it to someone else. Have we talked about this on here no. before? No. Who did they offer it to? The Jack Darren. Darren someone. He ended up doing the Chris Hamrick rip-off gimmick. Nice guy. Darren, I can't remember his name now, but he texts Benedict, he wrestles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they offered it to him do first. Do you know when you say Darren? Do you know all I'm thinking of? Go on. He's, he used to be called Jewish Darren, didn't he? On the UK yeah, FF. You, but I didn't want to say Jew- just like I know, I'm you, Jewish. I know, I can see that like, you didn't want to say that. And yeah, that's why, yeah. when you're like Darren, I was like, always thinking he was like, <laughs> Jewish Darren. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, so Jewish Darren, they offered it to him first, and uh, he didn't want to do it, which is it blows my it mind. Worked out well for him, didn't? It? Well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he so was the LDN wrestling champion for a while. Though, oh, was he? So. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear a funny story about him? Go on. So we did a wrestling show for Tommy Stevens, 
right? And at the end, there was a, there was a rumble. It was at the order shot. Tommy's old school where he was head boy so he ran a wrestling show in the beginning of 2004 there was a rumble at the end Flatline was in it Paul Tyrrell was in it Phil Powers was in it one of the ex-Harlem Globetrotters called I've had name escapes me but he was a Harlem Globetrotter like he was English no he was American but he lived in England but he was a Harlem Globetrotter really? yeah 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 I don't know how many times he did it but he was part of the Only team Tommy he... Stevens could have something like that <laughs> yeah. and he could do all the tricks and everything anyway Phil Powers um, in his in his infinite wisdom, got in the ring, started chopping everyone except for me actually, because me and Phil were always I'd, I'd already well, I'd already been on the camps with him, so he kind of liked me. Um, and he ripped off Darren's t-shirt, and then I wasn't aware of this. So I'd gone to the shower, and as I was coming back into the changing area, um, all I could hear was Phil Powers and Paul Tyrrell tearing Tex Benedict a new new one because he'd come back to the changing rooms thrown his t-shirt this ripped t-shirt Phil Powers said you can pay for a new one and obviously that really wasn't the etiquette back then do you know what I mean to like be bullied and like it <laughs> it was though yeah. if someone had done that to me I'd just be like thank you very much Yeah. you know because I, I was just I, me and millions of others were just like yeah that's just that's just the way it is yeah but I respect that no yeah yeah. in hindsight I respect it but at the time I'm going well you're, that's stupid do you know what I mean it's only yeah. a t-shirt that cost you four quid from Camden Market you know yeah. it's not it's not the end of the world. Um, so, yeah, I remember them going, how dare you talk to him like that? But, you know, just bullied, bullying him again, essentially. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, anyway, he'd, he'd been offered this uh, Butler character. He turned it down. Um, and then Alex came down, pitched it to me. And, again, me just being like, I just want to be a wrestler, so I'll do whatever you want. Um, I so think that's very much your attitude, isn't it? And you can't understand when people, do, like, you know, if I got offer opportunities to people and they're like, oh... Don't think I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, you know, crazy. Just like, like, just yeah. yeah. And it's not like, and it, and you know, the reality of it is, even back then, it's not like we were. Um, well, I, I mean, I wouldn't be above anything, but uh, it's not like we were on national TV and you're being, you know, humiliated or whatever. You know, it was just like a local wrestling show. Well, I'll come out in a waistcoat and a bow tie. Yeah, and it's and like they had the best intention for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was nothing evil. Piss, in what, so yeah, exactly. Just trying to, yeah. just trying to fill a role. Yeah, yeah. and enhance, uh, enhance character, character, and enhance yeah. their shows. Mm-hmm. So, And like I maintain, um, and I just want to reiterate, it's not like I ever made millions from wrestling, but I wouldn't be sat here now, I don't think, and if I, I hadn't taken and that. And yeah, and I'd, I'd argue as well. I'd be like, you tell me another scenario where you would have got in, at that stage of your career, yeah. where you would have got into FWA, like on the main shows, yeah. at, at your call and, you mm-hmm. know, Coventry Skydome. Can you think of another scenario that no. could have got you in? No, not one thing, no. And we'd all sit there and think of ideas. I can one of the ideas, Mark was like, oh, I'll pitch it when I think you're ready. Do you remember the Natural Born Thrillers? Yes. WW. So yeah. it was, it, the idea was like me, James, uh, that group were going to be like, for yeah, the academy, yeah. do you know what I mean? Actually, like the Nexus, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was one idea, but Mark, but Mark wouldn't have pitched that in a million years, despite yeah. what he'd say. Oh, I'll talk yeah. to Alex. Also, like, and it would have just been like, you know, knowing knowing the kind of relationship at the time, we'd have just been like a. But it would have been crap as well because none of us had any in ring experience or charisma. You know? No, <laughs> like, do you know? I, mean, what I, I did. I did. Like, but uh, <laughs> I mean, well, you'd have got a few people for the first show, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, half of Liss. Mm. You know, if they did the show in Petersfield, then you would have been like... sell out. So, yeah. So, so what, what was the question? The, the question was oh, yeah. the difference between the two. Yeah, like, so, it, well, so it was never a bit, it was never difficult for me. It was just so like... So it was never difficult for you, but no. I always I always thought it was weird because we discussed when we were talking about Paul Birchall, yeah. we discussed about um, he 
on the FWA shows, he was like a monster killer. Yeah. And on the FWA Academy... He was losing he was to me. Losing to losing you, to the going toe-to-toe with Spuds. Go, you, yeah. you know, Ian like, Logan. Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, I remember one match where Ian Logan... I think Ian Logan was wrestling Paul Birchall. Yeah. And Birchall had him in a chin lock. And Ian was wearing some jeans and his mobile phone fell out of his pocket. <laughs> yes, I was refereeing. Did, yeah, I just yeah. looked at him, shook my head. Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. He was going through a bit of a Matt Hardy phase. Yeah. More like his long Matt Hardy jeans. Like yeah. version one Matt Hardy, yeah. So uh, it, wasn't yeah, the f- it, was, it wasn't the last time I looked at Ian and shook my head. But <laughs> it was, I think, the first. Well, you've hired him, so uh, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, James Thompson would like to know: with Neville finally free from the WWE, is there any chance you'll see him in Rev Pro ring sooner rather than later? I certainly hope so, James. I think Neville would be an asset to any professional wrestling promotion. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, it's no secret. Of my admiration for him, his w- skills. WTS. What's that? Watch this space. Watch this space. Yeah. It might not be Neville that turns up. It might be Jungle Pack. Ooh, so I've yeah. got a relationship with Jungle Pack as well. Remember that. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, but no, in all seriousness, would love to have him back. I'm sure, any, and I'm sure any wrestling promoter in the world would love to have him on their roster. Um, what was the most surprising success and the most surprising failure in terms of IPW forward slash RevPro angles forward slash runs forward slash wrestlers, etc.? Oh, I don't mm. even know how to answer that question. That was from Monkey Buckles, if that is your real name. Well, I'd, I'd throw this in there. This might answer your question, might not, but... Oh, I got one. When So I, I was a, a goodie and then I was a heel... Okay. And then yeah. when I got turned back babyface, that was like the kiss of death. It was just kind of like, eh. you know, we want like he was such a he was such a good heel. We wanted to cheer him. So then those cheers started smacking, and then we had Billy involved. So then they're like, oh, we hate that Billy far more than we hate Andy. Yeah. So in hindsight, he kind of overstayed his welcome a bit, didn't he? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and and like um and I'd say as well Billy like, Lightning from Big so Brother. Uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I'd say as well, like you uh that I that kind of um. That babyface push you had was a bit... It wasn't a failure because it led to the success of the heel run. But I always remember that match with Johnny Storm where... Do you remember you like you smashed out your dive over the top row? Oh, I did everything. Like, did yeah, everything. Yeah. And the match itself was actually technically very, very good. And the crowd were just like... Just they all just, over you, They right? just loved Johnny, though. Because yeah. it was like... Johnny and was like, like the man of the hour, wasn't he? And then he? You, were, you were sat on the outside row. I remember... Do you remember... I don't know if you remember this, but you were sat on the outside of the ring. I think I was going to say after the match... And I went, I went up to you and I was like, don't re- worry, mate, we'll turn you heel next month. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and then yeah. that was the start of... Uh, no, know, was that not... Was yeah, that not that was, in, that was in January. And then in February, you worked Martin. Martin. And then that's where you cut your promo afterwards. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, I do remember you coming over and saying it to me, but I, I'd had it muddled that I thought it was... Yeah, but I, and that, was a, that was okay. a booing that I didn't anticipate, mm. right? But I was able to think... I, I knew... As, as soon as the match started, I was like, oh, yeah. he needs to go heel, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, because yeah. you were still getting cheered, but it was like the teenage fat, like the kids were, the kids were, were, were cheering you, but the teenage adult the adults were kind of booing yeah, you. Yeah, so like, that kind of... Because in my head, I was always like, right, but not... You were John Cena before John Cena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember Fight the Spirit compared me to John Cena once, which I thought, I'll take that. Um, so, uh, ludicrous in hindsight, but still, that was in print. Uh, <laughs> So uh, so anyway, I can remember thinking, oh, I need to get away from this Butler thing. And, 
you know, I, I essentially dressed myself up as the British Bulldog, which I look and I don't cringe at it. I laugh at it, but I was just like, oh, couldn't be any more obvious. Red, white, blue trunks, tassels, white boots. You know. Andy boy. Andy boy. Yeah, everything about it was Bulldog. So anyway, uh, uh, I remember thinking, oh, as soon as I, I'll just do that. It'd be great. Like, it'll just, you know, I'll stop being the butler. You know, give me a reason to not be the butler and I'll come out. And I'm Andy Boy Simmons now. Hello, everyone. Way, clap your hands and smile and high fives. And yeah, and that was obviously right around the time when everyone was like, this John Cena, this ultimate bow faced John Cena's not what we want. I mean, he is now. He's brilliant. But it was um, for that small, 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 small comparison. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a comparison oh, between yeah, John yeah, Cena yeah, and himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what, and, 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 and I thought it'd be easy. I'd just be like, oh, I'll just go and be a goodie now. You know, I'll just be a goodie, yeah. but not as the butler. Yeah. But it wasn't that it simple. It wasn't that simple, yeah. yeah. And that's what a lot of people just never figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even harder now, I think. Like, it was hard then. Yeah. But, like, I think even now, like, it's just, there's just no black and white anymore. And, like, uh, and, and in, in, in essence, like, with the crowds now wanting to be, it's almost like to be a baby face, you have to be the fans, friends outside of the ring. You have to be their friends. You know, at the it's kind of it's hard, table. isn't it? You have you to know? talk to like, them on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, the whole lot, which is fine. Like, it's polite, but yeah, it's uh, it's a yeah. lot more effort now. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I can't think of any. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like failure, like you know, stuff. That I was like, oh, that didn't quite go as according to plan. Like, I mean, there's been a few things where I'm just like, ugh, like. Just like always, little things like, for example, like recently, I wasn't at a show at the cockpit um, where like uh, Josh Bodum and Dan McGee were doing a deal, and Josh, basically, um, jo- it was Josh and Walter had a match, and then afterwards, the, the the young boys were coming to help Josh up, and they just didn't come out, and then basically, it looked like a two-on-one mugging. Like I cut as much as I could of it from, <laughs> but it looked like the young boys were coming out to mug off to mug Josh. And Josh valiantly fought them off because, like, they just didn't come out, you know. So, stuff like that all the time where I'm just like, oh, ugh. and like, there's stuff where uh, I give you, like, and again, these are only little small things, but I'm like, always like, I'm always like, I only give, I don't give many instructions, but when I give an instruction, I want it to happen for a reason. And I remember I got angry at you once, Andy, at Selzy, when I wanted Zoe to slap someone. I was going to say that, right, okay. And, uh, and she didn't. And I said, like, why didn't you do that? She's like, Sandy told me not to. And you're like, well, when people slap people, it's always rubbish. Yeah. Right. And uh, I completely disagree with it. <laughs> and I. No, if you can slap, you can slap. Yeah, but Zoe, and Zoe could. And she's done it before. Well, we could sit here and argue all day. No, but, she, but she's done it before. I've seen her do it before. I've seen her do it in the training school. I've seen it. And that's what I wanted on the show. And, it, and, and don't get me wrong, if what she'd done in place of what I'd asked got a reaction I wouldn't have had a negative reaction but when it just got a you know everyone was just like whatever there was no reaction at all that's when I was like okay well in hindsight we can we can you know agree to disagree on it but I guarantee and again we, this is all hindsight I guarantee if she'd have slapped we'd be having the same conversation remember that time Zoe did that really crummy but slap I, well, I d- well so I disagree with that and we can't we can't argue about that because that hasn't happened but we, what we can say is I asked as a promoter I only give a few bits of instruction that was, that was one of the things I'd asked right and that's something that I think is very important if someone's if you're asked to do something you you literally you do it right, right well I'll put it on her and she should have said well Andy the promoter told and, me I had to do it and on top of that like I say to you if what you do instead of it works then there's not going to be an issue 
But if you ha- if it, if it's not going to work and it doesn't work, then there's an issue and it didn't work. So you know, so that's what I'd you know little things like that. You know, like I little bits of instruction I I kind of give to people if they don't listen to it then and it doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? Like if it doesn't work and it's and I've asked them to do it, that's on me. You know, but if they if they literally just ignore an instruction, then. That's on them and you. In this Zoe's instance. out of order. She should have done it. So she should have just said, uh, "But Andy insisted." Overstepping your mark, aren't you? Again. No, I just thinking for the benefit of the show. But there you go. Didn't work though, did it? Whatever you suggested in its place. I don't know. I can't even so, remember. So, like I say, like I think I know what I'm talking about, and that would have worked. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm glad you got that off your chest. <laughs> so uh, you've not talked about it since the day. So it's obviously been stewing for. Oh three, yeah, it has years. been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark P, will you closely be looking at progress this Sunday to see if you could take on <laughs> take on Wembley, or could or keep building on what you have uh, following the MK and Manchester shows? Well, I think that um, I think that everyone will be watching progress on Sunday. Everyone within well, everyone who's within a right mind in the in the wrestling industry within the United Kingdom will be uh, watching progress on Sunday because you know there's no mean feat. Go, you know, going going into Wembley, um, and I hope it's a big success for them because they've got they've got balls. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. I heard uh, Alexander Lacazette. He he said uh, he said balls, like he said we had balls or something like that. And uh, the, the presenter on Sky Sports was like, "Oh, I know English isn't your first language, but <laughs> what's your language?" So I don't even know if you're allowed to say That's that. Right. I just but, dropped uh, an F bomb, so don't worry about uh, it. But yeah, the, I think uh, the guys have got balls in in, in going to Wembley and, and giving it a go. So I hope, I really hope this is a, a success for them because I think bravery deserves to be rewarded. And I think either way, they're going to learn some valu- valuable lessons. It's win or learn, is what well, I, I say. Su- success f- favors the brave, or something, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Fortune favors Fortune the brave. Fortune favors. And the like, brave. but as well, like even if it's not a success. Which I'm sure it is, and I, I, I gather from reports that they've, they've hit the target they want to of the tickets they're selling, so great for them, you know. But even if it's not a success, the lessons that I'm sure they can learn from it will be invaluable for their growth m- moving forward. So I think whatever, however it turns out now, it's a win-win for them. So fair play to them for doing it. Um, I'm not, again, I've, I've discussed this multiple times on the on the podcast um, and to anyone who, you know, I have a discussion with, although some people just don't listen to a word I say and just try and take everything out of context and twist what I say and contort it or whatever. But, like, I genuinely, aside from, obviously I watch wrestling, I'm aware of all wrestling around me, but I'm not, uh, I'm not looking at it being like, oh, I wonder if I can go into Wembley and do... I When I watch wrestling, I try to learn for best practice. And worse practice in some instances. So of course I'll be watching it, and 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 of course I'll be trying to learn. I'll be trying to be trying to learn from their their gutsy move as well. You know, um, so I, I, you know, I'm going to be. Of course I'll be watching it, but it's not to be like, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? It's more as a kind of, you know, it's a learning experience. It's like I always say to everyone who's like within the wrestling industry and doesn't watch WWE. Um, you know, why why don't you watch it? You know, because they're obviously making money at doing it. So you must be doing something right. And it's like, you can disagree. You can say the product's not not the best. And obviously, at the moment, I don't believe the WWE product is the best. But, um, in fact, I think it's the most stale it's been in a long while. But that's another story for a, another podcast. But um, they're making more money than they've ever made before. So they've obviously done something right to get to where they are. You know, and you can learn from the stuff they're not doing right just as much as you can from the stuff they're doing right. So, okay, yeah. So I think that's answered that one. Will you be watching Andy? Yeah. Um, 
when all the L- when all of LIJ were over for previous Rev Pro show, why was there no group photo opportunity offered with me and greet with all five members? You, oh, it sounds like Make I'm getting told quick. off here. <laughs> yeah. Make this answer very quick. You've, you've offered yeah. Bucks, Kenny and Bucks and Cody combos before. How come LA, no LIJ combo? At Global Wars, there's only Naito, even a Snado now. Hiromo injured. Bushi pulled from cards. Are you restricted by NJPW rules? Number one, no, I'm not restricted by any New Japan rules. I think everyone seems to think that New Japan have this hold over me and what I do. Uh, no, I don't think everyone does. I think this person well, this is person insinuating it in this fella on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. this person is. But then a few people... But I think a lot of... I see it a lot, you know, like... Okay. Um, so, no, not not that. Bushi wasn't pulled from a card. He was never confirmed for the card. Um and it was just that the, the gun was jumped by OTT and announcing him. Um, uh, obviously, yeah, Hiromo's injured, but yeah, and there's a free new, there's a free LIJ guys there now. Um, and we are toying with the idea of adding a post show meet and greet with the three of them together. Um, but the reason why we don't do haven't done it in the pre-show is because when we did it with Cody in the Bucks and um, I think uh, Kenny in the Bucks was a lot easier, but Cody Bucks and Mighty was just chaos, um, not the not the New Japan faction, <laughs> and uh, we just want to keep everything as smooth and simple as possible, and the most simple way possible is just by doing individual combos with the guys, um, and that's the reason why we've chosen to do that. Um, and uh, like I say, it may or may not be possible to do it after the show, but it's a kind of show-by-show show basis, and it's a de- decision made by by us um, as we put the meet-and-greets together. Um, the meet-and-greets are really... Uh, I always say, like, I... You know, if we if we had didn't do the meet and greets, I'd kind of be happy because it's a uh, it's hard to it, it's just an added uh, stress on the day, and you want to make everything as smooth as possible for the talents. Um, and uh, but I also recognise the value of a meet and greet because that's a big it's a big part of it for the audience, isn't it? Being able to meet the wrestlers and and whatever have you, and that's what I would have wanted to do as a fan as well. So um, so yeah, it's just not. It's not always straightforward, and we no. try to make it as simple as possible for everyone. Um, and that's that's the reason why. Cool. Um, where are you going? When are you going to form the four pillars of British wrestling faction? I think that's up to you. I don't think I'm allowed. Oh well, British wrestling, British wrestlers kicking off about it. Um, when are we going to form that? Ah, oh, soon. Very. Watch this space. We might need to replace Doug Williams with somebody else if he loses his match to Trent Seven next week. Well, it might not necessarily be that match, mightn't it? He said he said he's wrapping it up as soon as he loses the belt. So, like, well, yeah, that's my point. He might lose to Trent Seven. Yeah, but like, you know, he's inevitably going to lose it at some point, regardless, isn't he? Yeah. So, like, you know, oh, he could be around forever. I guess he's not going to hold the belt forever, is he? So he's not going to. How do you know that? Well, because everyone has their off days, don't they? Mm, True. Yeah, Doug got caught. Doug got he got caught out by Kip Sabian at the weekend. So, yeah, you know, an off day. Who knows? Kip doesn't get a shot of that belt, and Mm. you know. Soon, keep watch this space. Who would you who would you put in Doug's place if you were? Uh, um, Mark you Sloan. <laughs> Hell of a t- yeah. oh, The specialist. The specialist, the Phoenix, the Wonder Kid, and the boy, and the boy, and the Ports of Powerhouse. Yeah, the Iron Lion. What a team! Um, we're gonna for the first time ever. I think we're gonna get to the end of these questions. Um, so let's do it. Okay, carry on then. Justin Gabriel <laughs> would yep. like to know. What was Birchall's vertical in 2005? Um, I'm assuming he means vertical leap. Uh, I've got a clue. I'd probably, it's got to be 45 inches. I don't, is that high? I, I, don't, don't, know. Know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, Dylan would like to know, uh, 
Have you looked into the Copper Box in the Olympic Park uh, as a large venue for a bigger show uh, such as Strong Style of Old UK? Uh, yeah, we've looked at the Copper Box a few times. Um, will it happen? Who knows? Watch this space. Mm. As we WTS. Said earlier. But like again, like everything's about it's about um, opportunity. Timing. timing. It's more timing, isn't it, really? Yeah. Like everything to line like up. Everything's so oversaturated at the moment as well, isn't it? Yeah. That's a scary thing. So what's the Cobbox? 12,000, 13,000? Uh, no, I think it's about 8,000. Oh, is it? It's a beautiful venue, yeah. Okay. Um, All right, so like, so again, cramming 8,000 people, you know, not that you'd be potentially looking to sell it out, but 8,000 people who have all got the disposable income, who are aware of, you know, the New Japan Rev Pro product, um, you know, haven't gone to see WWE this week because it's literally yeah, weekly it's, now, it is, you yeah. know. That so. random house show they did at the O2. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Wow. So like, oh, we've got, we got a, they literally got a gaff in their schedule before they go to China or something. And yeah. like, oh, oh, there's a layover in London. Yeah. Oh, let's, uh, let's just do let's a show. show. Yeah. yeah. 20,000 seats. Thank on you. On a Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and they're like, for example, Global Wars is going head to head with one of the WWE UK tapings, like, right. which I didn't even know about, you know, like, just, just wrestling. Yeah. Constantly oversaturated. Oh, it doesn't implode. Like, World of Sport Wrestling going on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. It's a busy time. Uh, where do you see... Last one. Last one. Make it a good one. Where do, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> where do you see Rev Pro and British Wrestling going in the future, given that you can already sell out... <coughs> Mate, will you not cough through the last Sorry, question? That sir. is like unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable etiquette. Where do you see Rev Pro and British Wrestling going in the future, given that you can already sell out 3,000? What's the next step? Um, so, given we, we, I, we can't already sell out 3,000. <laughs> so, we did for Strong Style of Old UK with the help of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um... I'd like to think we can get to selling out that on a regular basis. And I've always always spoken about growth is, you know, growing and learning is what I want to do. And I think that first step, obviously, this television um, deal situation with free sports, who knows what that could lead to. Um, running more regular shows, trying to create a full-time schedule for guys um, and, uh, and, and, you know, give them full-time regular work um, and, you know wanting to grow out our shop brand, shoprevpro.com, um, growing our on-demand service, rpwondemand.com, <laughs> and growing all our social media followers. And who knows where we could wind up. Um, I don't like to put a uh, a ceiling on what we can achieve. Um, you know, I, I always think, I look at it and I, I, I look at, for example, I look at WrestleMania and say that getting to that level is completely unattainable. But... Vince McMahon did it. Vince, well, Vince McMahon did it, but also I look at I look at um, just for argument's sake. I look at when I started was running shows in Sittingbourne. I was like running a show in York Hall was unattainable, and yeah. then it was like running regular shows in York Hall was unattainable. So who knows? Yeah, true. I mean, like, I really think I think if you were, I do think that kind of that WrestleMania Stadium show will probably realistically be out of reach for any British promoter. Who knows? Well, no, I'm just talking about like the size of the country. So what I'm saying, well, all I'm saying is, again, going back to, we spoke about the boxing at the start. Yeah. If I told you, like, I don't know, heavyweight boxing, maybe even five years ago, was on its ass. Yeah. If I told you that someone, there's going to be a British boxer who's going to consistently sell out Wembley Stage, Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Like, even you were like, oh, Wembley Arena. It's like, no, Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Right? Okay. Someone's consistently going to sell out Wembley Stadium. You'd be blown away by that. Okay. Two YouTubers sold out the Manchester Evening News Arena. I know, granted, that's not the size of Wembley, but who knows what the boundaries are? 
you know, with new technologies and, and whatever. So I, you know, I, I personally wouldn't discount. Okay, anything. forgive me. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm fine. Good point. So yeah, I just, I gen- like, I just genuinely feel that like, who, like, yeah, let's not put a ceiling on, on anything and who knows where, what we could achieve. And like, I personally, again, like if you were to ask me personally, do I think we're going to get there? No. But like I said, did I think that we'd ever, you know, sell out your call? No. Did I think we'd run it regularly? No. You know, did I ever think I'd be able to do shows the size of the ice arena? No. But yeah. we've done it. Did I ever think we'd be able to produce eight weeks of TV in two days? No. Do you think, here's one, my question to you. So are we now? 2018. Do you think by 2020, you'll be running eight shows a year at the York Hall? As opposed I to four could, or five. Well, I could see... I could see running York Hall as a month. Like I've I've spoken many times, you know. I could see York Hall becoming a monthly fixture, the first Sunday of every month, similar to the cockpit. Um, what happened to the cockpit? The cockpit. I could see moving to you know a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, or whatever. Just another day of a week. Can't be Wednesday. Got training. Thursday night, whatever. <laughs> you know, I could see the cockpit moving to a day. You know, for exa- for argument's sake, I could yeah, see yeah. the cockpit moving to a weeknight. Mm-hmm. I could also see. But, you know, if it if it really grows, I could also see it moving to a weekly event. You know, I think that it could be a you know who who knows. You know, it's a, I think it'd be a good tourist trade. How often did the ECW go into the ECW oh, arena? No idea. I'm not really. A Are they once a month or were they? Don't one, know. I think it seemed like month. once a week, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, I think they broke a lot of shows up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I yeah, I think you know who know like who knows like a cockpit yeah the cockpit could turn weekly because it's only a 200 capacity yeah you know and if the if the, if the thing swells but i could see it being a tourist a tri- you, you know you know like a tourist guy check out you, your wrestling bit like yeah. uh you see the apprentice which is coming back next wednesday which we need to discuss yeah um maybe we can do a weekly apprentice review yeah um i'll definitely watch and we've that. got a game that we're going to start playing next week as well are we, we going to start this week oh, we can start this week if you want but no we've, we've, we've run, run out of time five minutes so yeah like, come on let's wrap yeah. it up so um we'll start we'll start that game next week yep. we'll start the apprentice view next week um before we we we'll give our goals we, next week as well and we'll give our goals next week and before we um, and we'll have a, a good topic next week as well and also before we um before we go andy there's only two weeks left well there's only one week left now so your world of sport review for week number nine i believe it would be well i'm saving it I'm going to watch it. I'm going to binge watch it, okay? In oh, the lead so up to the finale. So next week we're going to get a whole season. All really. 10. You'll get all I 10. Can, I can't wait. Yeah. Right, so that's, a, that's, that's a, a promise. Guarantee. Okay, I look forward to I look forward And when to Mr. That. Simmons guarantees you something, that's a Mr. McMahon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that next yeah. week. So okay. you'll be able to hear Andy Boy Simmons' season review mm-hmm. of World of Sports. I'll talk about who my favourites were, who my least favourites were. Cool. Yeah, I look forward to that. So everyone, that's one hour, 45 minutes of marathon episode. We've answered all the questions that we had. Um, so, yeah, just uh, keep listening, keep supporting. Like, rate, review. We've not asked that for a while. No, we, we could forget do, we that. We could do with a few reviews and a few likes and a few rates. But um, the episodes are getting busier and busier. So um, more people listening, more ears more listening to the cause. Um, and uh, and people seeming to have a good time. And it's always it's always refreshing to hear when um, you know people come up to us and say, oh, I listen to your podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. So I'm glad that we can join you on your commute to work or your, your time in the gym or, you, you know, you're walking the dog or whatever it, whatever it is you do to to listen to us we've got 28 ratings now that's not bad we, is could, it? we could do with more couldn't we because that's not even like a, a percent of our listenership is it no so. there's a few um, <coughs> excuse me there's a few new reviews I don't think I've read actually um, 
I found your podcast after watching WOS Wrestling and wondering if Steve Linsky has finally spoken about the Blackburn incident. I was there too. Very, very entertaining. Two wrestling guys chatting and reminiscing on the British wrestling scene. I don't think you're allowed to mention that name on our podcast anymore, mate. What's that? Sorry. Linsky? Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Oh, no, we're not, are we? No. You didn't hear that name. But thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Oh, wait. Oh. At Boy Simmons, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N. Get through one episode Z. without a plug. And why would you not? Oh, at A-Quilden then, A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. We are 1,784. We've got 216 followers to get for December 25th. That's your, that's Andy's personal Twitter. Yeah, that's my if real goal. Yeah. If anyone's his only goal. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs>